I'm Sean Williams and this is Open for Business, the Homes and Gately podcast. We're back in business again this week with another podcast, this time with Adam Cook, founder of digital marketing company Louder Digital. Hi Adam, how are you today? I am very good, thank you for having me, excited to be on the, on the show. Cool, okay. Um, first of all, just tell me a bit about Lada Digital and uh, your background in marketing and how it came about, really. Um, yeah, so, I mean, uh, probably could create a whole other show around the, the complete history of all this, but um, yeah. uh, I'll try and give you as brief an overview as possible. I mean, um, I my, my background primarily... Um, in the earlier stages of my career was actually in the corporate world. So I worked for a major telecommunications company for almost 10 years. Um, Kind of started out as as an apprentice engineer um, and worked my way up the the ranks as it were. Um, And kind of, kind of got to a point where I was kind of in a position of what I thought was the kind of job I wanted really. And whilst it was a great job um, and was working with great people, um, I just always had this desire to do something on my own. I'd always in the background had like little businesses on the side, like I had a catering company, um, which I'll probably talk a little bit more about later. Um, and always kind of was interested in like digi- the digital sphere, like, you know, around sort of 2010, I started sort of playing around with like building like little niche websites and stuff and learning a bit of marketing. Um, I had a catering company prior to that where we were sort of like running Facebook ads sort of around like 2008 and we, we managed to grow that to a significant income while I was still at a corporate job. But um, the, yeah, so that was kind of my, my foundation in marketing really came from running all these different businesses and most of them failed. Some of them worked. The catering company did, did very well and that was one of my first kind of sort of foray if you like into um facebook advertising and then um an opportunity came up around 2015 or just before to um to leave my corporate job so um take a, a small amount of money um and uh, and leave basically and I, I kind of pondered it for a very long time um obviously had the safety of the job it was pretty well paid had all of the things which you know every a lot of people dream of having right <laughs> so decided um decided uh, after a lot of thought and a lot of beers there was a good idea um to to give it a go and i trust the, in the fact that somehow i didn't really have it i had a few business ideas i had a few things i was doing i was doing making some apps at the time that was around the sort of time when the iphone app sort of game was quite quite big and you know lots of people were making money from that and i was doing had doing a few things there uh, but decided to just kind of go with it and and you know use the money that I had to create myself a bit of a runway to um to build something and just trust the fact I could so i did I did that I started heavily investing in mobile apps at the time um I think I've still got about eleven or twelve apps on the app store even now um that make a tiny tiny bit of money but back then you know I, I did quite well with a few of them got quite made quite a, a nice sum of money but the problem was it was very very short-lived um and I, I went sort of traveling at the time just after i left because that was going to lower costs and also enable me to see the world i took my laptop with me was creating these apps and all of a sudden one day they just fell off a cliff um, literally all like the big names like ea and all that stuff all these big companies started seeing the opportunities in apps and all these little games and silly little quizzes that i'd created that were making quite a nice bit of revenue almost overnight just went off a cliff and i i, I was in a 
a pretty rough situation, um, to be honest, where I was kind of running, running low on cash. I, um, I thought I, I thought I was onto something. I thought I was going to be the next app millionaire. <laughs> it didn't quite work like that. I kind of had to go back and rethink things. And, that's, you know, I started doing a little bit of consulting um, for people that wanted to create their own apps. So we started creating apps for other companies. Um, so kind of started building like an app agency in a way, um, which we did for a while. Then that moved us into to websites and what I realized while I was doing the app stuff, while I'd been doing all the catering stuff, while I'd been building my websites and stuff in the background, while I'd been in my corporate job, I'd been learning digital marketing. And I just thought it was kind of a skill that everyone just had, really. I didn't really think much of it. And then people, what I noticed was a lot of people, once who's building apps and websites for people, is they were asking us, oh, do you know how to run these like Facebook ads? Or do you know how to do this and, and that? And kept asking these questions about social media and, you know, sooner or later I realized that there was clearly something in it. So I kind of set up and, um, that as an additional service. And before I knew it, that was the main thing I was kind of, you know, uh, selling to people really. So more people were getting referred to me not to do websites or apps or anything else, but to do, to help with their social media. So I quickly transitioned. I found that I enjoyed that a lot more as well than the app development. And I can't code. So I was hiring, I had people on my team that did the coding and I was kind of more on the like design and project management side. Um, and although I was very confident in doing that, and that's something I did in my um, corporate job, it wasn't something I massively enjoyed. Um, I, I really enjoyed the market, and that was very hands-on for me. And it was quite creative. I found I found it was quite a good creative outlet as well, like building different ads and strategies and stuff, and um, something I was really good at as well. Um, so yeah, started doing sort of like social media services just on my own, and we were um, started what was then known as sort my social which was really just me initially it was just me providing social media service basic social media services like daily posting maybe a little bit of ad uh, ad um work here and there but mainly content back then you could get away with that right you could start posting on a page follow a bunch of people and then the, the business you're working with would would get leads coming in and um, that doesn't work work anymore as 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 time as time went by um you know, we, I moved more heavily into advertising, more, more heavily into strategy, did a lot more uh, professional, I guess you would call it better quality content and just moved into all these other areas of digital marketing as well. So like PPC and just a bunch of different things. Um, and over the course of that uh, five year period, we um, ended up building the team up to five people. Um, uh, so um, stuff had, had grown dramatically, but the brand hadn't really grown with us like we were still we were doing like we were like creating google ppc campaigns but we were doing it under the brand of sort my social which obviously in the name is very much a social media based company and i still love the name and uh, i still i still think like that is, is, a, is a great name and i still got the domain and i still intend to do something with that brand um but we decided to rebrand like about what well, was probably about two and a half weeks ago something like that now um well we decided to rebrand a lot earlier than that actually it was beginning of this year we decided to rebrand that um been working away at uh, the rebrand in the background, which is now louder me louder digital, sorry. Um, which, uh, which has been live for the last sort of two or so weeks. Um, and that's really, really was just, um, it was just an opportunity just to, just to make sure that everything was kind of under one roof and like having a, having a more generic marketing based name. Cause we, we're not really a social media company. That's not what I see us as. I see us as we're, we're a company that help businesses, get more attention, get more sales, 
online okay so if that's if that if we use social media for that great but if we use other means or other digital methods to get your attention i don't really i really couldn't care less how we do it but that's that's what we will we always will work in if social media goes away you know we'll, we'll still be doing what we do helping customers get more business more attention um so i think you know from a branding perspective it makes more sense to have it have that angle on it if that makes sense so fairly long intro try to give you my life story in a shorter uh, space as possible but um does that does that uh, cover it uh, hopefully it does well you, you've particularly um gone into a niche haven't you 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 particularly target a certain type of business don't you with your digital marketing well we work very closely with restaurants um and we have done we've been working very closely with restaurants for um, and location-based businesses so retail and restaurants really for the last um sort of year and a half two years probably more like two years now um but that said, we we still work with multiple other areas of business, um, other different, all sorts of different types of businesses. Really, if if you need help getting attention, we have solutions for you. Um, however, we have got a very specific product um, for restaurants that I genuinely believe is the lead leading product in the UK. Like one of the particular things we do with restaurants is um, we've got a system um, that is able to uh, detect or, or monitor how much money actually gets made from any of the work we do um, using sort of a messenger chatbot system. So we can actually, so the restaurants will pay us a, a fee and an advertising budget. And, you know, we're able to then consistently give them back, you know, five, 10 X what they pay us uh, and track that exact money that's going into their tills. So that is a very, very strong service um, that, you know, traditionally with something like a location-based business, like a restaurant, this kind of works for, sh for retail stores as well, like high street shops and stuff. Um, traditionally, there's, there's not much you can do to track, um, you know, money going into the till. And that's something we can do. Obviously, if, with online businesses, it's much easier to do that, right? But it's always been traditionally quite a challenge. Um, and that's something kind of we developed with the help of a partner over in the America um to, to bring over this system into the to uk so that that's specifically yes we've got a restaurant product i wouldn't say we are only a restaurant agency because we're absolutely not but we've absolutely got really strong expertise in the area and to be honest that's a big passion of mine having my background in catering um having a having a, a very strong background in food to be honest and being very passionate about uh food and specifically the restaurant industry that's something i, I definitely want to pursue more of to be honest with you but as i say you know we've got solutions for um, all sorts of different businesses really it's you know the the principles of marketing um whatever business you're in really don't don't change very much um so so right we don't we don't necessarily put ourselves into one particular niche however as i say the product we've got for restaurants is absolutely awesome and i i, I absolutely mean that <laughs> obviously i would say that but mm -hmm. you know we i know for a fact that we can deliver so much more than what most restaurants expect from a digital marketing agency and that, that really excites me so, so that product then that you use for restaurants, can you not use that for other businesses then? You, you can use the methodology, um, but you can use the methodology. So as I say, that, it works for restaurants and it works for location-based businesses. The, the, the really, the, the trick in it is actually tracking the ability to track how much is being spent when someone walks into a location. So you can use it for gyms, you can use it for shops, you can use it for restaurants. Obviously, if you're marketing for like an online business or someone who offers a, a paid digital service where the payment's digital and stuff like that, and it's all done through a website, it's not so necessary to have, 
you know those, those that kind of special solution because it's you've got way more options in terms of tracking it's easier to track but that was always traditionally a big problem um and this was something that really I found out myself, we, we've been working with restaurants for years, years and years, ever since we first, since I first started, um, you know, doing marketing, I was working with restaurants, but I was never able to, we do a lot and we'd have, we'd run ads for them, you know, to get their brand awareness, um, you know, and spend a significant amount of money getting people to see and view posts and click on them and tell people about offers. And whilst the restaurants would always sort of say, oh yeah, well, we feel like the, there's more people in the restaurant now. There's people that have mentioned Facebook when they've come in or, or Instagram or whatever it might be, but they never really knew. And that was always a big problem. They never really knew how much money they were making from it. Um, and that was always, always led me into a position where I actually found it quite awkward having a conversation mm. with say, a restaurant owner that we were doing marketing for. I actually found it quite awkward when we were talking at the end of each month, like before they paid for the next month, like how things are going. Cause I'm sitting there thinking, well, you're paying, you're paying this money. We know we're getting your attention. But if, if, you know, there's not, I can't prove that it's working and nor can the restaurant owner. They just have to kind of just sort of measure it by eye almost. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's yeah. a big problem of patient-based businesses. Um, and, you know, without, without a solution that can track how much money a marketing system is making you, I mean, what are you doing? Are you, are you, is it, is, if you can't track it, like, how do you scale it? How do you know if it's working? It becomes almost... It becomes almost like a bit of a strange dark art. And I always felt a little bit, not, not like it was a fraud, because I knew that the stuff we were doing was getting them the attention and stuff. We can, obviously, you can track how many people are clicking and seeing things. But still, having that end, right, how much money are we making, was always a missing element. So that's why I'm quite excited to have a solution which, which fills that specific area. So it, it really would work for any location-based business. But as I say, if you've got digital payments and stuff like that, um, then it's much easier to track it in a, in a variety of other ways, you know. Um, but it's really a big one. It's a big problem that needed to be solved. And it's, it's quite exciting to be able to be one of the people that's solving it in a creative way. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's something that I imagine anyone dealing with digital marketing and social media would love to have because it's almost like if you don't, if you can't prove it, it you know, it can it you know, what you do can almost be brushed aside, can't it? It's like, you know, oh, well, we've had, you know, a thousand customers into our restaurant this week. Um, but it's it's probably due to something else, you know. It's probably exactly, not yeah, that's right. You know, it's like sometimes you'll get that growth, but then the restaurant will say, well, and, you know, we had these conversations with restaurants, you know, we, 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 we lost contracts as a result, not because we were doing a bad job, but because they were like, well, I'm spending this money. I think there's more, more customers coming in, but you know what? I'm going to test another couple of months without it and see what happens. And, you know, sometimes they come back and then sometimes they might choose another solution and go elsewhere. And it was just, it was, it was very, it was a very fragile situation. And yeah, I just, it was, it was, a, it was just as much a problem for us as an agency as it was for the restaurant owner. You know, we wanted to solve it just as much because it meant, it meant that we yeah. could, we could measure what, what we were doing much more accurately. Like, yes, it's great to get a load of likes. It's great to get a load of followers, but you know, you, last time I went to went into the bank, they weren't accepting likes and follows. You know, <laughs> they're accepting cash. So yeah. you know, being able to have that end to end tracking is like super important. I think I've seen that on your website as well. Um, you know, a lot of people, especially involved with the Instagrams and the Facebooks, they put all this emphasis on the likes. But as, mm. as you've said, that means absolutely nothing in terms of business, does it? I mean, it's just. It's just vanity, isn't it? That yeah, it's just. I mean, it means nothing. Um, and you know, be very. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of um, prospects 
come to me um or come to our, our, our business asking oh we are, i'll say well what's your goals and oh, i want to increase followers i want to increase likes and the the, the, the first question i ask is why why do you want to do that and you and they say oh well i want to i want to get more exposure okay why do you want more exposure um, well, I want more people to contact me. Okay, why do you want more people to contact you? Because I want to make more money. And it always comes back at the end of the day to profit, right? So, you know, you've got to have a view of, of you know, if, you, if, you, if you're running a marketing campaign and you don't know if it's making you money, it's not really a marketing campaign. It's, it's bull, bullshit. I don't know if I'm allowed to sweat, but it's like, it's like what is it? Like, what are we doing? Like, you know, any, any, kind, any, any budget that you spend on marketing should put more money back in your bank by design. Otherwise, you, what, what is the point? What, why are you? It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah. but I mean, I, I understand it from a from, you know, prospect's perspective. A lot of prospects will come to us and say, oh, we want to get more likes, we want to get more followers. They're coming to us because they don't understand marketing, right? So that's part of our job is to explain, well, actually, it's not about the followers. What you need to be careful of is, is obviously any agencies out there or any, any so-called marketers that are marketing services to get you more followers, to get you more likes. And that's, that's, that's where it ends because that is, that's a ridiculous goal, right? You can get more followers and more likes all day. But I'm, you know, there's people out there with hundreds of thousands or millions of followers I'm sure that are making absolutely no money. Um, you've got to convert. It's a, it's a great, you know, it's a great indicator. It's definitely not a stat you that you ignore. It's a great indicator of popularity. It's a great indicator of a whole bunch of things, but you can't end it there. It's not, you know, that's, there's so many people want to have like, look at it in the wrong way, you know, having the followers, it, yeah, it feels good to be someone with, you know, many, many thousands of, of followers, but, if you don't know what you, if how to convert those into sales, then what's the point? Um, it's just, it does nothing yeah. for anyone. You know? Yeah. I mean, you, you, you touched upon, uh, sort of earlier that you, you said, Oh, you know, that you thought it was something everybody can do. And I think, um, and we found this as well at Holmes and Gately. We, we talked to a lot of people and they, they think they can do it themselves. They think that it's just, you know, putting a few pictures on, on Facebook and um, on Instagram, and they assume that they can. I mean, I, I can go back even further than you in this marketing and and sort of the algorithms of the nineties. And at one point in the nineties, I don't know whether many people know this now, but you could just write the same word a thousand times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, yeah. you know, obviously, and you could rank number one. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I had the knowledge I have now back then. I would have made a lot yeah. of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and that was it. And then, obviously, the algorithm became more sophisticated. And, you know, as you're more than aware now, you can't just write a load of nonsense. I mean, now it takes into consideration everything, you know, mm. even sort of to some degree, uh, grammar and, and every, you know, everything that's associated with, with good writing. And it, you know where where it's going to go uh, from here. Um, it's just going to get more more sophisticated. Uh, mm. But I still think, and there's a lot of people, and, and, I, and I don't you don't know what you'd say to those, but there's a lot of people who believe they still they don't need digital marketing. They, they don't need to be involved in social media. Um, mm. You know they can just open up a high street and. Uh, people just flood in. Um, mm. I mean, I, I've spoke to people recently, and they said, "Oh, yeah," and they're afraid of social media still because it's there's this stigma, isn't there? That because just like everywhere in life, you're going to get criticism, and you're going to get idiots that are just going to 
criticise something unnecessarily. And people will run a mile from that because um, I spoke to someone who, who sort of got, he'd got a chip shot and um, he believed that one bad comment on social media would finish him. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. he believed that if, some, if someone, if, if they were just, you know, I, I took my chips home the other day and there was, there was dog shit in them, you know, and th they believed that that would finish him, that the people out there believe it. And, um, and it, you can understand where they're coming from. How do you deal? How do you deal when you, where you face with that kind of sort of rejection of, um, of social media? So, I mean, well, firstly, I mean, people, especially if there's like people with like location, you, you see it a lot. Um, and whilst I don't want to sound prejudiced, it's, 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 a, it's just a fact. You see it a lot with all, the older generations who perhaps aren't really, or not even necessarily older generations, but people... More, it's more common with the older generations, but people that perhaps don't really use social media that much. Um, so yeah. therefore, because they don't use it. They think it's not worth being involved with. Um, but I mean, well, what I would say is certainly, I'm sure if you go and ask some of those people now whose shops are closed and they're having to do only online sales, how's that, how, how's that view on social media being a complete waste of time treating you? Because look, look what's happened now. Now everyone's online, right? Um, the amount of people that I've spoke to in the last four weeks that have been saying to me they don't want to be on social media, they're not really sure it's worth it for them. Well, quite a lot of those people have come back now and, and realised, okay, this is this is like this is what it, this is this is what life's like now. Um, I feel like this whole this whole pandemic situation, which I'm sure we can get into in a bit more detail to some extent, has really fast forwarded where technology was already going um, by about ten years. Um, now online sales are super important now having a solid brand with um you know a lot of popularity so you can transition your brand into other things is more important than it's ever been um so i think you know i think this situation is going to change the opinions of a lot of those people but also at the same time um i am a great believer i used to spend a lot of time trying to convince people prospects that it, they needed to be on social media. And I used to waste so much time. And, and sometimes people just, people were either ready to do, to move forward with this, with this stuff or they're not. Um, and do I, do I believe that they're going to suffer if they don't? Yeah, absolutely. But I'm, I, I just get to the point now where I think I actually don't, in, if someone doesn't believe in, believe in um, the stuff that we do, if someone doesn't believe in social media, generally they're not a very good fit for us as a client. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in working with people that I believe understand what we do and understand the power of what we do, because if they don't, um, and if I, if, if, if it's not easy to easy to make them understand, then they're not going to be very much fun to work with. Right. they're always going to be questioning everything. Um, and you know, I think people to some extent have to go on this journey themselves and learn this stuff themselves. But I think this situation, no doubt has taught a massive, a massive amount of people that are probably very much against or not really tuned in with the, the, what social media can do. I guarantee you this situation has dramatically changed their opinion on that because they've seen how fragile this society is and how, how, how much, how they can't, you can't just rely on foot traffic anymore. You can't just rely on all the things that you used to rely on. Like you can't rely on that, that ad and that ad in the road on the billboard, You're the, the little sign outside your shop, you know, just because you live in a high traffic touristy area, like you need to have a brand 
like because this stuff like the situation we live in this is this this pandemic has it's shown people how fragile our society is and things change like like at the drop of a hat like it doesn't mean to say we're going to have another pandemic you know in a couple of years time hopefully we have not have no more no more but at the end of the day you know it just shows how quickly things can change you know cities can change popularities of areas can change and if you haven't built a brand and you're in an area that has that loses the footfall or you've you, you know you're, you're relying on that fragile situation of just relying on like tourism or something like that and you don't have a brand well how are you going to transition when something changes you're not because you've not built a brand you've not built something that you've got a loyal fan base for um and i think that's a dangerous game to play now so the importance of brand and social media is really it's never been so important but in terms of convincing people um i will i will sort of do everything i can with my content and all the stuff that we do out there to, to show people what's possible but I think if they don't believe it, I, I will not. I will no longer sit down for an hour with someone trying to trying to shove it down their throat. Because if I, I just believe if they if they haven't realised it by this point, then well, they're their own worst enemy in my opinion. Really, mm-hmm. I think it's undeniable at this point. So there's a big problem if they if people don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, we we were telling people it was the future, and now I think it's. Um... It's not just the future, it's, it's gone beyond that. But uh, more importantly, like you pointed out, it is the reality of, of the now, isn't it? It's what you've got to be doing now. I mean, we've seen that. You've probably seen the stats as well with regards to YouTube videos. I mean, the, the increase on uh, cookery, um, education and fitness, it's gone up about 70% because like you've said, you know, what else are these people going to do? You know, there's nobody been walking the streets for six weeks. So that billboard and that reputation that they've been carrying, supposedly carrying for the last 50 years, oh, you know, I'm a great painter and decorator, or, you know, everybody knows where I am if if you want um, a barbecue building. Um, You know, that, that means nothing now. And so everybody is sort of turned into this sort of... um social media youtube masters now because they've had to adapt i mean we, we spoke recently um, another podcast about joe wicks i mean he's been building his content i know for for decades probably um and and now obviously the, the time is ripe isn't it for his for his um fitness videos to be out there but i mean how have restaurants sort of found this because are they going down the same cookery route as as the other uh, yeah so i think i think yeah this for, for specifically for restaurants you know this whole situation is highlighted um uh, a problem with uh lack of brand i think for a lot of places what i'm seeing is i'm seeing a lot of restaurants really capitalizing on this situation that might sound crazy but yeah i mean there's restaurants doing like recipe um recipe lives you know selling or giving away like recipes and recipe books um and you know some some i've seen some restaurants have even put their food into supermarkets um to be fair some of them are sort of doing it on their on their way to doing it leading up to the pandemic i don't know if they it was kind of part and parcel of it but but you know it that the restaurants that have created a brand, an exciting brand where they've got people cooking their food at home. They've got people going into the shops and buying their sauces that they've branded up. You know, they've got people, um, you know, going on, going on their social media and trying to, trying to recreate the dishes without even 
you know, be, them even putting out recipes. You know, this all happens because you have a strong brand. Um, so for, for restaurants, like that's just absolutely paramount. And the restaurants that I'm seeing struggling are the ones that rely on, you know, the day-to-day footfall, the regulars, mm. you know, the traditional kind of things. Then they've not, they've not gone outside of their comfort zone, I guess, to some extent. They've not, they've not taken their brand to the next level. And what you're seeing now is now, you know, the, our fragile society all of a sudden has, um, has changed dramatically. And, you know, like I said before, you know, things are going to, I think we're going to go through these really sudden changes in a number for a number of different reasons in, in, you know, for many years to, to come. I think this is just how things are now. Things change so quickly. Um, technology situation, where people live, all these things change so, so quickly now. Um, and I think, you know, it's so important to pay attention to that and be wary of the fact that you can't rely on all those things that used to guarantee you, um, you know, revenue in the past. You've got to have a good brand. You've got to be in, you've got to be everywhere and you've got to be prepared to move into new marketplaces um, with that, with that brand as well. But it only how you can only move into new marketplaces um, easily and quickly if you've got a strong brand and that's why you see the restaurants that are going to do very, very well out of this are the ones that have got the strong um, brands and the ones that are prepared to keep building those strong brands over time, which is going to enable them to, to diversify um, their, their services way beyond just being a location to eat your food in. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Cause I imagine that the, I know I, I can envisage sort of hundreds of restaurants now would, would have had that attitude um completely that they didn't need anything other than their location and and you know um i imagine sort of someone probably came up with a slogan very quickly you know um if you didn't think you needed digital marketing before you do now because like you say how else are they going to survive these city centers that have been empty isn't there you know we've all seen the pictures nobody's been walking by those restaurants so in effect they don't exist now and people's memories are quite short and people move on and they're not going to be making any money. And the only way they're going to be able to keep their brand resonating and their ideas resonating is the fact that, you know, they've got to use social media and there's there's no other way around that. And the more creative they can be uh, within that capacity, because everybody's online. I mean, there was this, talk about the internet crashing wasn't there you know the teenagers would become suicidal because there'd be no internet for, for several hours um, yeah yeah and and you know it was it's it's become quite apparent so i i can hear them now i can even see the, the faces now saying why would we need social media or why do we need to market you know we've got a shop in the city center it doesn't need marketing um you know and it goes back to the days of when jack daniels couldn't produce enough of their product you know they during that transition period they had to send letters out didn't they to people to keep reminding them that the product was still going to be available and i think they did a marketing i think they marketed it with superstars uh, of the time uh, probably got James Dean or something. They would have used something, you know, some, they used some superstar um, and, and sent out these letters. And they send them out to this day, actually. They still send out written letters. And it's just full of nonsense, but it's, it's there. It was, a, it was a social media of its day. 
Um, I mean, I don't know what year it was when they started to run out of um, Jack Dan. I don't even know whether it was something to do with prohibition in America, uh, mm-hmm. because they, they're still in a um, an alcohol-free state, aren't they? They Tennessee is it? A yeah, dry it's a one, yeah. So it's it's all bizarre. I don't really understand it that much. Um, and I think you can visit Jack Daniels and actually drink there, can't you? I think it's the only place in Tennessee where you can drink. Yeah, but, I've definitely, yeah, yeah, it rings a bell, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the, the, you know, and these were sort of, um, and that, that marketing idea of its time still sort of, you know, stands firm in my mind because it's like, yeah, you know, when, you, when you're not about... Um, when you can't produce your product, when, when people are going elsewhere, you've got to remind people that you, you're still in business. And that's what they did to great effect. And then you, you see now with people, um, individuals and companies, you know, reminding people that they still exist and that they're out there and they're having to use um, social media. Um, but, you know, I mean, you mentioned, you touched upon the fact that you only work with companies as well that have a clear vision. I've seen that on your website. And, um, but I mean, we're, we're, as far as your strategy is concerned, say if someone, say if you come up to, say, a restaurant, and they say, well, I don't really know. I've opened up this restaurant. I've got a great chef. I'm in the high street. I mean, where, where do you start? Where, where do you start with a, a company like that? I mean, you're going to get established businesses come to you, no doubt. And those where, I don't know, the menu might be faltering, which you, you've got no influence on. Um, but where, where, do you, where does your strategy basically start on, on a new restaurant? Yeah, so, so with, with new restaurants, I mean, like, like you say, if there's no, if there's no vision or um, no passion there, like if you say to someone, why is your business good? And they're just like, uh, um, it just shows they're just not passionate about it. And that, that's going to kill the business mm. from from the get-go so there's a lot of a lot of situations where i will i will outright refuse to work with people because i don't believe that they're passionate enough or i don't believe that they actually understand what they're bringing to the market and if they don't understand that the marketing's never going to work for them if you've got a restaurant for example that is not very well reviewed online it's more you know the quality of the service or the food is subpar i'm not going to work with you um, it's that simple because um you can't you can't market you can't make you can't market a bad product or a bad service so you've got to fix your brand your business before you start trying to trying to advertise it um if you know if i speak to someone and if i speak to whether it's a restaurant owner or a business owner and yeah i mean i get it they might not when i say tell me your vision they might not just reel off a, a sentence that they've kind of memorized because they've not necessarily gone through that exercise but you can very easily tell if someone's got passion about their business. You know what I mean? If they're just in it for the money because oh, I think I'm going to set this restaurant up on this corner because, you know, I, I, I just think there's lots of people walking past it. I'm not interested in working with those kind of people. I want to work with people that are super passionate because, you know, marketing is all about storytelling, right? And if, if there's no, if there's no story there, if there's no passion there, there's no story and, you know, trying to uh, market um, a business that hasn't got any passion behind it, hasn't got any, um, clear understanding of who they are what they represent what they bring to the marketplace and why they do what they do uh, it's, it's going to be a real struggle right um, and there's there's plenty of people and there's enough people out there that are very passionate business owners that are absolutely great to work with um, so that, that that tends to be my my opinion you know I'm very happy to close the door and, and say no to someone if I don't believe that they've got that passion 
um, that drive to to be more and be something special. Um, I think you know if you've got a business, if you're not, if you haven't got that opinion, then you're really in big trouble um, straight out of the gate. You know. Yeah, sure. I mean, do you sort of go in and suggest to these people? Um, I don't know that they've got to put pictures of their dinners on on Instagram or um you know they've got to they've got to spend a certain amount of money um you know is, is these are these companies normally high end as far as a marketing budget is concerned or, or do you still do it um it's a, a very low level that most sort of restaurants can afford uh yeah so in terms of, in terms of services and and what people can afford and stuff like that i mean our job isn't necessarily to to fit our prices into you know, a budget, it's actually to say to a restaurant, what do you actually want to achieve? And it's our job to tell a business owner how much realistically it's going to cost to achieve those goals. I mean, if they, if they decide actually, you know, I, I don't, I don't have to achieve something that large at this point, I want to achieve something less, then we'll have that conversation. Um, but yeah, in terms of, um, in terms of, you know, who do we work with? We will work with people that have got smaller budgets but only with the understanding that you know you can't you can't get like the same results right so it's mm. it's really simple as that i mean i think people do have a bit of a warped view of what is actually involved in creating and delivering a successful marketing campaign um and i would say probably too many business owners that come come certainly come to us you say to them, right, what do you want to achieve? Now, I want to make this amount of sales. Usually, it's into the multiple thousands of pounds per month in sales, right? And what's your budget? Oh, 200 pounds. Right, so you've got a 200 pound a month marketing budget and you want to make 20 grand a month. I mean, there's, there's a big mismatch there sometimes. And in those situations, you know, it's just about telling someone straight. The reality is that that's not possible. Um, I think, you know, people seem to, people seem to have this sort of like what view that you can just post on social media and then magic happens. It doesn't work like that. Um, there's so much more to it. Um, it's a real skill. It's like, you know, if your boiler breaks down, you, you don't, you don't go and you don't go into the yellow pages and find like Bob's budget boiler repairs. Do you, you find a, someone who knows what they're doing, yeah. who can actually fix the boiler and make it last for a long time and, you know, get, get, make it efficient and safe and all the rest of it. And it's the same with, with marketing. I think, I think because, people use social media for their in their personal life and they post on social media they think that qualifies them to be an expert in the marketing side of it and they're two very different things right so i think you see you see it with restaurants a lot they'll be like we've we've you know they'll we've had restaurants come to us before where they've got like their waiter who happens to be 18 years old is a, is a big big fan of Instagram, so they've got him doing the marketing. What they don't realise, they've just handed off off their entire branding um, and, and brand management to a kid that's probably on a minimum wage that really couldn't care less, right? It's like you wouldn't yeah. you wouldn't put the same kid in charge of the kitchen just because he eats food, right? It's like, it, you, and I think people have got. I think there's a, there's a bit of a mismatch there a lot of the time, and there's a bit of an education required but really i just see our job as a marketing agency to give people firstly a completely honest and transparent view of what needs to be done um explain that you know if you've got if you've got a brand that's already big and you've got loads of fans you can just carry on with a really good posting content strategy and you're going to get the you to some extent probably might get the results that you 
you want. But if you've got a brand that's just started and you've got, you've got no one knows about you and you think that you can just pay someone 150 quid a month to just post on social media and stick a like a campaign on your Facebook page, um, you're not going to get anything out of it. It's a waste of time and a waste of money. Like you, people need to, and that's, that's kind of what one of the things that we'll always do is we'll always tell people, tell it like it is. And sometimes that results in people saying, oh, well, actually I've just found, you know, another marketing agency that can do it for a tenth of the price. And they just, they just said they're going to post every day. And they said, that'll be, that'll be enough. So we're going to go with them. What ends up happening when you check back on their account a year later, they're not really doing anything with it. It's been a complete waste of time. And it's, it might seem like a good idea to pay, you know, a tiny minimal amount just to do some posts on social media. But after three years, when you've got made no sales through your strategy and you've spent, you know, best part of, you know, five grand, what a waste of money and, and a waste of time. And, and all your competitors have taken over because they've actually started investing in the things that, that matter. Um, you know, I think, I think it's a dangerous game to play. Um, you know, like I said, when we first started saw my social years ago, right. The, we could post on social media and follow a few people and you'd get massive growth, organic growth. And it was great. Um, just like in the nineties when you could put keywords on a website, right. <laughs> and you've got great, you've got, you've got sales coming in, you've got on the top of Google, but things change. Technology updates, consumers become more intelligent, um, uh, with, with, with these, these things. And, and sadly, you know, with that means that more, it takes more effort now to get the attention because there's more people on social media wrestling for that attention. So if you've not got a good strategy, if you're not doing a quality job, if you're not investing, you know, in ads to convert new customers or new people that haven't heard your brand into customers, um, you're never going to succeed. You can post on social media all you like, but if you've got, if you're just starting out, um, and you've got no way to scale that you're basically standing in an empty room shouting and not inviting anyone in <laughs> you know what i mean it's yeah, and yeah. so it's i think it's a it's a it, you know when you get into those situations where people haven't got massive budgets i just see our job as not trying to fit into those budgets and trying to trying to say oh well we actually yeah we will post for you just telling them like it is like no i don't think you you know if you think you can only spend a hundred pounds a month and your goal is to make 10 grand's worth of sales by the end of the three month period of working with us you're living in cloud cuckoo land it's that simple right? it's like people need to understand the reality and i will always tell people like it is um i will tell people exactly what they need to do to be successful i'll tell people what we can do to help them um and make it happen um but you know if they're not prepared to invest um, the the right budget and the right effort into their business, then um, then that's their that's their call. That's fine, and I wish them well. But mm. we're not we're not gonna we're not ever gonna try and fit ourselves into that for no for you know just just so we can get a, a client over the line. Do you know what I mean? Because it's it's just that's bad business. Yeah, sure. I mean, I imagine as well from a restaurant's point of view, it's, it's pointless sort of you know having two hundred thousand followers um, all across the world when you know your demographic is going to be based within i, I don't know what the average demographic is for a, a restaurant they make five miles or something five radius of five miles or something um i mean you know you, you say and take the steps that matter it is one of those steps to sort of to localize the advertising you know, so yeah, the, absolutely. The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you want to, yeah, you want to, I mean, certainly if your if your goal is to get people into the restaurant, then, you know, there's a, yeah, there's a, there's a, you know, a, a, um, a clear radius in the location that you need to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. And you will get a lot of, you know, still it, it frustrates me. Um, it really frustrates me. There's still a lot of companies out there 
um, supposed marketing companies that will tell you, oh, we're going to get you 10,000 followers a month. And I mean, I can get someone 10,000 followers a month. You just go on Google and search buy followers, pay 50 quid, 100 quid, and all of a sudden, over the course of a week, you get 10,000 followers. Um, mm. But that's, I mean, what use is that? I mean, it's, it's just crazy. But there are, I still mm. to this day, there's a lot of agencies and services out there that literally do that. They actually do that. And I think that's a big problem, you know, when you have a marketing agency that um, really wants to do the best job possible for people because what you find is a lot of customers that come to you they've been burnt by these kind of services in the past and they sort of think oh well I, you know i worked with a marketing agency before and you know they said they was going to get a load of followers and they did but we didn't ever, ever end up making any money um i think there's a lot of fraudsters out there it's very easy now it's easier never to start a business right you can crack a laptop open set a website up with little to no knowledge and call yourself a, a marketing agency um and I think that's a dangerous thing for, you know, for, for this industry is that there's no, it's great, but it's also dangerous. It's great that you can, you can do that. It's great. That you can learn all the stuff you can learn, but it just opens up the door for a lot of, um, a lot of bullshitters in, in the industry, you know, that will take money off people, screw them over and then, you know, leave them with a very, very sour taste in their mouth that, you know, agencies like us then have to work very, very hard to, to win back, you know, that, that, uh, respect into digital marketing and i think it's, it's it's really sad and frustrating to see yeah i mean sure i mean um, you know and we're back again to what we said you know there were people who were saying oh i've tried that before and it and it didn't work um i mean what do you think the way forward will be for for restaurants after this i mean do you think most of them will just open the doors and expect the customers to flood in or do you think they'll they'll go more down a video route. I mean, there's some restaurants and they're doing some very good videos now, aren't they? Of sort of, there's literally someone walking some food through the restaurant and it's like a, a position of view where there's sort of the, the meal sizzling in front of them and they, they take it through this busy, busy mm. location. Um, I mean, do you, do you think people's attitudes in restaurants will change now towards marketing or do you think they'll just resort back to the way they were? If, if they still survive, that is. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I think, I think, you know, if we look at restaurants specifically, I think um, there's going to be some massive winners from this and there's going to be some massive, massive losers. Sadly, I think there's probably going to be a lot more people losing out. And, you know, whether or not you made the right decision market in your business leading up to this crazy um, coronavirus stuff, I, I feel still feel terrible for anyone who's... who's um, who's struggling with this and who's, who's, you know, potentially losing their business as a result. I mean, it's just a horrible, horrible situation for anyone. I don't think, you know, it's no one deserves to, to have their business pulled away from them, no matter who they are or what decisions they've made in the past. But I think it's definitely making people realize um, how fragile our society is and how fragile our businesses can be as a result. Um, it's, um, I think the way it's going to change is, you know, certainly there's people are going to be more cautious about going into restaurants. I think there's going to be a much bigger market for takeaway and delivery services. But I also think what, what's going to happen is we're going to come out of this and we're going to see some perhaps brands that weren't necessarily in the limelight before come steaming ahead. And I think a lot of the people is this doesn't go just for restaurants but it just goes for businesses in general there's a lot of people that are treating this lockdown maybe they've got a nice little bit of money in the bank and maybe they've they've been very 
very intelligent with the way they've invested their money in their business and they can survive six months a year having the business closed because they've got that money in the bank and they're sitting there they're sitting at home now cracking the beers open having a barbecue in the garden and thinking oh we'll just go back to normal when all this uh, changes but what you're going to find is on the other side of the coin this situation has created some real hungry excited entrepreneurs um, in the restaurant industry who have got restaurants who perhaps haven't had the opportunity to take on you know their competitors that aggressively in the past and they've come in and gone hang on a minute, there's an opportunity here, right, I'm going to create a recipe book, right, I'm going to start creating our sources and start putting those into shops, right, I'm going to, I'm going to start selling, having t-shirts with the branding on and funny slogans to represent the food that we do and our values and da-da-da and all of these things and they're doing all this work while, you know, perhaps a lot of people are just sort of looking the other way and I think we're going to come out of this and all of a sudden people that thought it's just going to go back to normal are going to go, shit, like, all of my competitors or not all of my competitors, but a bunch of people now are doing, they've transitioned. They're doing, they've got, they've got food in the shops. They've got like, um, you know, stuff they're selling on their, their website. They, they've built a brand like what I thought we were saying earlier, right? They've, they've created this brand now that goes way beyond just being a location restaurant. The restaurant just becomes part of the brand. And so I think, I think, you know, there's, there's going to be some, some shocks for a few people that perhaps thought that this was going to go back to normal. I think to some extent it will, you know, to some extent, we certainly hope it will really, to be honest. Um, but I do think there's going to be some very, some quite shocking surprises for some of the people that have perhaps treated this situation as a chance to, you know, have a, have a little holiday. And, you know, for the, certainly for the people that have been able to sit on their laurels, I mean, they've obviously done some great work in the past to be able to get their position, their business into a position where they've got, enough cash to survive and you know all the rest of it but those people that are not working hard now and and looking at this situation as a situation where you can take advantage and grow and come out of this stronger i think they're going to be the ones that really do end up losing i'm seeing some you know to to try and put a positive spin on this situation i think it's created a a, a real uh exciting it's, it's created some really exciting entrepreneurial business owners um that have probably been running restaurants for some time all of a sudden now they've been able to find ways to transition to new things and new stuff and it's those people that are going to be really really successful and i'm quite excited to see you know how that how that side of things pans out really mm. yeah i think it's true you know uh when people are really pushed uh they you do see that creativity uh sort of come about don't you, you know the, the, there's always talk about these businesses or people that emerged out of a depression Man, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think you'll see the same. You know, there'll be, there'll be. Yeah, so, I mean, it's amazing what you do when your back's against the wall. And I think you know this, this, this situation, no doubt, has put all of our backs against the wall. Like we, everyone's been exposed for, you know, what what they really are. Like the 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 sheet's been pulled away, um, and you know, a lot of people have been left very, very exposed. And I, you know, even to some extent, you know, we we went through a really massive rough time when this all kicked off you know obviously working with a lot of restaurants working with a lot of location-based businesses we had to pause a lot of contracts and we had our you know our um our cash flow suffered as a result significantly um for me that that was an opportunity then for me to do the the rebranding of the business which i've been planning for a very long time work on that and work on strategizing everything and then coming back and you know still working with a bunch of restaurant owners and location-based businesses and also showcasing an opportunity for us to showcase all the other great stuff we do as well which we've now been able to you know kickstart some growth in because we wasn't talking about that as much before so i think you know it just it's it's just so important um so so important to um to be 
to be working hard during these times and, and, you know, accept the fact that, you know, it's scary, but use that energy and that fear to propel you forward. And I think that's really important in business. You know, you're always going to be go through times when it's tough, hard. And I, I say to that good, like it's when, when, when times get really tough, that, that's the time when you really grow. Um, certainly that's been the case for, for me It's when, when I've had really rough times, I've come out, I've always come out stronger, but only because I've worked hard not because I've sat down and gone, Oh, poor me. You know, I'm just going to sit here now and just wait this out. Like, no, you can't do that. Um, you know, if you want to survive now, you've, you've got to have that, that, um, that tenacity and, and that drive to, to move forward and, and take on these problems head, head on, you know? I mean, if you do that, you're always going to win. Yeah. They do say that, um, we're better when we're under pressure, aren't we? Human beings, they always say that, you know, we, the best comes out of us when, when, like you say your backs are against the wall you know when we when we're in a desperate need to sort of um survive as it were but um as far as as far as restaurants are concerned that say for instance um there's a restaurant that um is basically location based and people are going there because it's because it looks good and it's a beautiful location um would you do you go straight for marketing that idea perhaps the menu isn't very good perhaps the, perhaps the service is a bit slow would you put all your emphasis on the location as far as the strategy is concerned or do you have like a basic strategy for all restaurants um that you find works particularly well um so yeah when it when, when it comes to strategy i mean if, if there's a, a restaurant say that that has not got a good reputation then really we'll, we'll we won't work with them we'll tell them to fix that reputation before they work mm. with us because well, there's no point in us trying to market a business which is if you if you if you try and market a failing business all you're going to do is make it fail faster you're going to drive more customers into it which is going to generate more bad reviews um, which is going to make them tank even quicker than they already are so they need to fix those core issues before they start investing in marketing because then all you're doing is you're marketing something bad, which is, which does the completely opposite of marketing something good, right? It just spreads mm-hmm. bad news, bad reviews um, about the, about the brand. So that's the first thing I'd say, you know, you can't, you can't market a, a, a badly reviewed restaurant or business in general. It's just, it's just not, not possible, you know? Um, mm-hmm. What what I would say is that um, if 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 a, if a restaurant comes to us and they're relying just on their location um, and they are actually a good brand and they've got a, a loyal customer base, then, um, then yeah, they would need a very different strategy to perhaps a restaurant that is actually a great restaurant and gets great reviews, but is actually in the middle of nowhere and, you know, doesn't get the footfall, right? Because you can, you can do, if you've, if you've already got footfall for the, to the restaurant and people in there and, and people that are big fans already, then, part of that task of getting attention is, is done and you can focus on more on getting more conversions and, and getting more of those people to come in and spend more money. Whereas a restaurant that perhaps is in the middle of nowhere with, um, and say what traditionally you might call a poor location, you've got to do a lot more work on the awareness of it actually being there and turning it into a location that people actually want to get in their car and go and visit, you know, um, and there's mm-hmm. obviously a totally different approach needed for that. Um, and likewise, you know, if, if you've got a very well-established restaurant in general, um, you can generally come in and you can start, you know, turning their current customers into more regular customers. I mean, it's much easier for a restaurant to get a sale from a customer that's already bought from them than it is to, to find a new customer, right? So if they've already got current customers, 
you can usually generate them a lot more revenue a lot quicker by just making a few key changes to the strategy and the way that they promote themselves. Whereas if you've got a restaurant that is a great restaurant, but their problem is that they're not getting enough customers through the door, then that's a very different approach and, and usually needs a lot more work and thought to be able to ter- be able to transition more people through the door if, if they're not well known enough. There's a, there's a, there's a bigger step in from an awareness perspective because you need to make people aware if people are already aware of the restaurant they're just not doing a very good job of converting that awareness into sales then um then that's generally generally not always but generally a much a much uh, less labor intensive task you know could you could you in the restaurant business um it's as simple as you're only as good as your last meal aren't you it's it's as simple as that um as soon as the as soon as the food starts to falter, then it's game over then, isn't it? Um, I well, think yeah, as a restaurant, really- I mean, your, your reputation is everything, right? So, you yeah. know, your reputation and, and your, you know, by serving food um, and with the internet, your reputation is always on the line. So, you know, that that's why it's so important that before you worry about marketing, you've got to make sure that you've got the basics right, have the service right, have the right you know, the right branding, the right kind of experience when you walk into a restaurant, because it's not just about the food, it's about the entire experience. But if you get that stuff wrong, if you get those basics wrong, then you can forget trying to turn, make marketing, um, you know, create success. Because if you get those basics wrong, everything falls down around that. Um, that's a really important point. Yeah, I mean, I think there's only probably one restaurant that I've had a bad meal from that I would go back to. And that was um the cliff in barbados because the location was that good um yeah. the, the food wasn't that great but i'd return there just yeah, for so the they had a bit of a monopoly i guess right <laughs> yeah, you know it's um and then this and the, the the place where i actually got poisoning food poisoning from um it's changed and this was 20 years ago and it's changed down so i don't think they'll mind me actually uh, name dropping uh but there's a place called old Moor lodge and um, oh, it was it was the only place in the world that I'd got food poisoning from. And I mean, this is twenty years. This was in the nineties, and um, and I remember sort of at the time we used to call it poison your father's. When everyone used to yeah. say, oh, you know, uh, oh, we, we've been familiar old more like old oh, poison your father's, and that that was it. I never went back. Um, in fact, I went back. Because I met somebody else near there, I went back, and the first thing I do was to check to make sure the people who owned it <laughs> didn't own yeah. it thirty years ago. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? And it's um, and it certainly stuck with me. It certainly resonated that food poisoning, uh, that bad bout. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that that those experiences where you go to a, a restaurant and you have a bad experience, you and you know, what do you do? You tell people about it, just like you're telling me about your bad experience now. You tell people about those bad experiences, and that is branding. That's branding. That is when we talk about branding for restaurants. You know, at its core, it's about the feeling that a certain brand or a certain service um, or business gives you it's the feeling it gives you so you know if if you if you think about a certain type of restaurant and you know that conjures up images of you having food poisoning well that's not (laughs) that's not going to do you much good when you move to trying to market that restaurant right because i doubt you're the only person who's having this conversation and it's it's very hard to recover from that um it's it's, it takes a lot of work to recover so that's why you've really got a you've got to focus so much on on nailing all those 
basic things first before you move into any kind of of marketing because marketing is never ever going to save a uh, a failing business it's just not going to happen no i mean in fact to be quite honest i had my worst meal ever recently i'd moved house i moved house in november and we were checking out the local restaurants before uh sort of lockdown began and i'd my it was abysmal the presentation and the it was it was absolutely hideous um and i actually went back to the owner to sort of as you know not to sort of say to him look you know unless i get a free meal mate i'm putting this all over social media i'm going to make sure that no one ever eats at your restaurant again (laughs) as a favor and says look mate you know um i'm not being funny or anything but you know i've eaten a lot of meals in my time and without a shadow of a doubt and i'm talking internationally the meal that I had at your establishment the other week was the worst meal I'd ever had in my entire life. <laughs> you know, um, it was horrendous. And, um, and he didn't believe me. It, it didn't believe me. He wanted me to prove who the staff was on that night. Um, in fact, he wanted me to sort of prove literally the minute I was actually in that restaurant. I don't, I don't think he ever believed me. There was no sympathy at all with him. Um, and I thought, well, if he's doing that on a regular basis, then they're certainly going to fail. They are. Um, but no, it was, was absolutely horrendous. And, um, and yeah, I actually said to him, I said, the thing is, the antithesis is there's an Indian across the road from where you are and every meal has been superfluous. You know, they can do a chicken gel phrase better than I can. So I'm prepared to spend my money there. But look, you know, there's no way I'm coming back to your restaurant. And he, he just didn't believe me. And, I think these some people do get disillusioned, don't they, by by everything else that's going on around their business. Because yeah, well, service is everything. The customer service is everything. I mean, obviously, particularly yeah. important in restaurants, but in any business, you know, you're going to come over, come come up with this. Going to be problems that happen. You're going to make mistakes. Things are going to going to fall down in your business. You know, we've had situations with clients in the past. We've made mistakes but it's about how you correct them and you know the transparency around correcting those mistakes that prove that you're a decent human being and a decent brand um you know you're never going to be perfect i think a lot of it's easy especially in the restaurant industry to get tied up in trying to be you know absolutely perfect and having a complete meltdown if you you know get a dish wrong or a waitress or waiter makes them a mistake with something but it's really about what do you do after that point where you've made the mistake okay if you sit there and deny it and get angry at the customer well that is just that's just a recipe for disaster right so yeah i think it's very important to really be really hot on the service and again that's why that's when you talk about branding that's a massive part of it right a lot lot of restaurants out there that maybe rely on footfall um you know like tourism and because they're outside a train station or something like that they think they can get away with not providing necessarily a great service. Like you said, the place that you mentioned, it was on, um, on a mountain and they think, well, we're on this mountain. We can just serve shit food and be fine with it. Well, that's great to a point, but now I wonder how they're doing now. <laughs> you know, how, How's lockdown going for them? How's their, how's their brand on social media doing? You know, are they, are they uh, doing well? Are they going to, are they going to be, are they going to be reopening after lockdown? Um, probably not so sure anymore um and i think yeah it's just it's a very dangerous game to play isn't it really if you if you're just relying on um if you're relying on your your popularity or the fact you're in a location and you're not and you're not focusing on service 
as a restaurant that's massive for your for your brand like the branding takes over it takes is, is everything right it's, it's not just what the the color of your posts on social media it's the it's the feeling your business gives people so you know you can do all the nice graphic work on social media all day but if people are walking into that restaurant and getting a shit experience then when they see those posts all they're going to be reminded of is that bad experience that they had so the brand you know everything has to be you know aligned really that and that's the really important mm. thing um like like we've, we've been saying it's you know you, you have to the, the actual the actual processes and the business has to be aligned on the ground as, as with what you're doing on social media because you, you know you could create the most amazing pictures of food and all the rest of it but if they're just making their customers feel like crap every time they come in there it's total waste of everyone's time um, and a total waste of money mm. as well you know? Do you think people sort of complain more these days when they've when they've had a bad meal? Um, I mean, we the British have a reputation, don't they? Especially <laughs> with the Americans for not not complaining when they have a bad meal. And you know, I'm, I mean, I've been abroad before, and you know, the Americans said, "Hey, guy, why, why why don't you say something about that?" And you know, I, I didn't actually tell him. I says, "But the thing is, in the sort of seventies when I grew up and." You know, a lot of people who own restaurants, especially Indian and Chinese, were subject to horrendous abuse. And mm. it wouldn't surprise me if they spat in the food or did something else to it. So we just don't <laughs> complain anymore. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, I had, a, I had a moth in my, my, one of my meals once, um, going back some years ago now. I don't know whether you've any wow. ta- ever tasted moth, but it's horrendous. It's a horrible bit of yeah, taste. Yeah, I can't imagine it's that great. <laughs> And I gave it, and I actually spat it out, as you can imagine. And it was like, oh God, you know, I don't even think I want anything else to eat now. You know, it's just sort of killed my taste buds. And I said to the waitress, I said, "Could you please get the the chef to identify that for me?" Uh, you know, sort of, you know, being quite blunt, you know. Um, and she brought the plate back and says, "No, it's no, sorry, he doesn't know what it is." <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'll tell you what it is. It's a fucking moth, you know. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah. It's it's um, you know that was. In fact, that restaurant, strangely enough, that's in New Hands now, and it got to the point where they were that bad that I actually left without demanding my money back on a particular occasion. And it was funny. It was like a scene from a Monty Python film, or something. Because I'm in the car park. I've said no. I don't want my money back. And there's this waiter chasing chasing me back to the car yeah. with his handful of change, sort of, and notes to give me my money back for the meal. It's like and I'm saying, no, I don't want it back. I just want to cook something to eat. You know, I think it was the third time. You know, we got the. I think the moth was the second time. Strange enough, I actually went back. I think because it was on. Yeah, our I was going to say, I can't believe you went back. I don't think I'd be returning yeah. up. Moth experience to be honest, it's a a nice location, but I think the turning point was I think I'd ordered some soup for a starter and it took about an hour and a half to arrive. They clearly forgot about it, and I just says, Look, you know, just forget it. You know, I'll go and open a can of Heinz at home. You know, um, I can't be doing it. And I think that was it where he came back to me with like seven quid in change for this soup. (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah. it was painful. But um but no, that was probably one of the most frustrating restaurants. And again, some guys took it over and turned it completely around. You can't even get a table there on a Sunday. It's that good now. You go in and it's like 
you know, we can offer you like a stall to sit at, you know, and people are yeah, probably yeah, that's taking right, yeah. it. You know, it's funny because you'll have restaurants like that, that, you know, there's restaurants all over London, um, places like, you know, what's it like? The, the breakfast club is quite a trendy, like breakfast joint. You've got, you've got places like that and you go, you go out on a Saturday morning, there's a queue like half, a, well, not half a mile, but, you know, 100, 200 metres long down, down the bloody street, like for people queuing. And you've got a cafe next door that's empty. That's brand. That's brand. That's the best branding that does that. That's you know people people are queuing to get in these places, um, not not because they have to, because they want to, because mm-hmm. they're prepared, because they 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 respect that brand mm-hmm. so much, and and you know yeah. that how that created is created through um, having a good service, but it's also you know it's about so much more than that. It's about you know it's about having a creating a certain feeling in people um and you know focusing on the things that people are interested in now you know the restaurants that do very well tend to tend to be the ones that have got or had innovative concepts in the past like you know mcdonald's is all about speed you know you've got like places like nando's right nando's when what's nando's they just sell chicken and chips i mean how many restaurants in the past have sold chicken and chips and never managed to get the success that nando's got but what have they done they've created a a a consistency in in what they sell They've um, they've also um, developed a system where it's quick, right? It's fast. You you still get a restaurant experience, but there's no there's no sort of waiter coming up or waitress coming up to your table and taking your order. You got to go up and get your little stick and sit down, and they bring it over. You eat it and you leave, and you you can be gone in you know fifteen twelve well not fifteen minutes, but you know twenty twenty minutes, half an hour. You're in and out, and you had a had a good meal, and you know that's that's create that's a certain brand that's just created that you know a lot of people will quite happily queue for something like nando's on a on a on a weekend right but there'll be restaurants all down the high street that are empty uh, it's, it's all down to it's all down to, to branding and the way you present yourself to the marketplace the nando's the uh, local one here that was open for a while through lockdown i think they were doing takeaways and then they kind of they kind of stopped that didn't they yeah, I mean, look at look at what Nando's have done, right? They've got you go into Sainsbury's, you go into to Tesco. They've got all their sauce range. You can buy it, so you can bring Nando's into your home. You know, I, mm-hmm. even I, I I tried to make my own homemade Nando's when we first went into lockdown. I've got some sauces, oh, I've got wow. some like rubs and stuff, and I'm sitting there making Nando's in my kitchen, right? And it's like that that's that's the power of branding. Like I literally, so and guess what I'm going to do when I come out of here? I'm going to go to Nando's and I'm going to going to going to remind myself of, of how much better theirs is than what I made, right? But it's like, you know, I'm not making, I'm not making like Gianni's Italian spaghetti bolognese for the local restaurant mm-hmm. down the road because it's not that brand there, but they've got that brand. They've got, they've got the sources out there. They've got the massive presence on social media there. I think that, you know, I've seen them showing recipes and stuff like that. They're doing all these things and they're, they're going way beyond being just a restaurant. They're actually, they've got, a much much bigger bigger th- thing in their brand than, than just their their restaurant and their food which is also you know obviously solving a, a really interesting problem with like mm. i said with the way they present it and stuff but it's just such an important thing and the restaurants that do very well are the ones that have that different approach and and do work hard to deliver really solid brands um and it doesn't you don't have to be a massive company to do that i've seen loads of smaller businesses do an amazing job of of branding even like street food vendors that i've been following for a while on on instagram some of the ones that we've worked with as well they're just brand masters and i think that's the they're actually the people that some of these bigger companies that aren't doing so well on the brand need to be careful of and i think you know what we're actually going to see potentially 
um, when we come out of this is some of these bigger companies, not like the Nando's of the world, but some of the bigger brands that perhaps haven't done a great job of branding are going to have got a lot, have got a lot of outgoings, right? And they've got a lot of, um, they've, they've got a, a very risky business model because they've probably, some of these bigger brands that have relied on footfall and stuff like that are going to, going to fall to the wayside, um, with smaller businesses that are growing really strong local brands in a local area you know there's there's some amazing stuff that i'm seeing on social media like some of the street food vendors that are obviously locked down have like transitioned into takeaway and they're like you know painting up really interesting like fun vans with like funny horns on that go off when they pull up outside people's houses and, like doing all this fun stuff and it's getting shared and it's get people are getting excited about it you, the bigger yeah, brands yeah. a lot of them aren't, aren't doing that and i think i think it's actually quite refreshing in a way to to see because i think that uh, I, i'm not quite so um sympathetic to these bigger companies that are just sitting on their laurels and stealing all the money from all of the small businesses right um and it's mm. you know as much as i love nando's and all the rest of it i think you know seeing the fact that social media provides this platform for people for small guys to completely come in and wrestle with the big companies um almost overnight is i think really really amazing and i think that is that is something good i think that will come of this is a lot of these smaller businesses have really worked very very hard during this time to to grow their brands and, and do some really amazing stuff in the community are gonna are gonna see some big successes and a lot of these bigger brands that are perhaps a bit tiresome and, and old-fashioned in the way that they work are, are going to struggle i think to be honest i think we've seen haven't there's been there's been a couple isn't there's one recently i think a big big chain that that went into administration i know before way before this you know, jamie oliver's restaurants all went went under didn't they um yeah. we're seeing that happen yeah. quite a lot now but you're seeing people people are turning back towards these more local exciting kind of concepts um mm. and you know they're not just turning to restaurants because they're local they're turning to these restaurants because they're creating a really interesting exciting brand on like things play platforms like social media um doing an amazing job of the photography you know, sharing recipes, sharing their story. You know, there's a restaurant that opened um, recently that I was following in um, in Kent, and the the person who set it up literally was a chef, and with and he had an Instagram account. And he just he literally documented the entire process of him like finding the um, location, fitting it all out, and every day he's on his Instagram stories sharing it, sharing it, sharing it. Grew up a huge following for him for his own personal brand. And guess what? When they when when they launched, everyone was super excited. I drove two hours to go to this restaurant because I'd been following wow. this guy and his story around how he's setting it all up, and I'd seen him coming up with the idea for the menu and da da da, and going out. and He, he went over. I think he worked in like uh, Gordon Ramsay's restaurant, did a little bit of um, like shadow in there of what they do, and you know brought back ideas. and He was sharing. It was amazing to watch, and I was so brought mm. into that brand. And the the restaurant's doing great. Um, and you know it's because that they you know they had that personal touch and they they really focused on branding that you know that approach really really early um it's it's and that's the that's the sort of stuff i'm talking about that's the sort of stuff that i think a lot of the bigger companies can't do so well or or perhaps aren't bothering to try and do um and i think you know that's that's what social media is all about that personal touch and i think mm. it's so well into local businesses hands that um the, the 
they need to take advantage of it. They really, really do. Because I think, you know, if you do it right, you can, I mean, their, their opening day was insane. Absolutely insane. It was queues of people. And that doesn't, that's not always the case when you open a new restaurant, right? It's like, you know, but it's because they put the groundwork in, they'd shared everything leading up to it, you know, getting getting people engaged. They had like tens of thousands of followers um, between the, the staff members before they'd even opened because mm-hmm. people were just interested. In it, this new restaurant that's coming in the local area etc obviously they've got good food good service all the rest of it but i just think yeah i just think it's, there's just a massive opportunity now for for the, the big the, the opportunity for small businesses to grow and outgrow their com- their competitors that have been perhaps longer established is has never been so big yeah sure and like you know it is that passion isn't it it's like this that guy clearly had a passion he had that vision and it was uh, a clear vision that, that you talk about, knowing where they want to go. Um, I mean, slightly away from sort of restaurants. I was watching something last night, actually. Um, I don't know what channel it was. I don't even know what the programme was called. But it was about a guy who made swimming pools. And um, right. I can't even remember the name of the company that, that, you know, they wear the logos and everything on the, on the sweaters. And this couple he went to see, said to him, he says, oh, we want a swimming pool uh, like... Um, that reminds us of, of Costa Rica. Um, and this guy, this guy may swim, but he was based in Miami. And I know it's not a million miles away, but this guy in Miami said, you know, um, never been to Costa Rica. So what he did was he took himself and his family to Costa Rica to see what it was like. I mean, yeah. that, is that is dedication. Good excuse for a holiday, that is. <laughs> yeah. you know, what an excuse for a holiday, you know. And if you, you know, if sort of... Um, if there was anyone now that sort of, you know, if I had the money for a swimming pool, you think, yeah, I'd, I'd want him to do it because you know he's going to do it right. You know, it's like someone going. Yeah, absolutely. Way, yeah, you can just show that that transparency is just, yeah, it's so yeah. powerful. Um, yeah, it's just you can. When he says, that, when he says I'm, I'm going to have a look at sort of uh, what Costa Rica's like, I thought you were going to look at the internet or get an encyclopedia <laughs> or something, you know, browse through it and so oh, there's some nice pictures of a. A bizarre heron or whatever but no he actually took his wife and his kids out to costa rica how long for i don't know yeah uh, that's the thing and that, and that amazing that amazing story you know years ago pre-internet if you like you know that would have been yeah. quite hard for that to sort of travel really people had to talk about it and yeah you know the word would have got out and i'm sure that you know eventually maybe maybe you know you might have got something in the paper or something like that but mm. but now those stories they can go viral, but you've got you've got to tell them. You've got to, you've got to get on social media. You've got to get on these platforms and use them and tell your story. Show people how great you are. Show show people how much you care on these mm. platforms. And you know the 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 ability for that message to travel really quickly to lots and lots of people is is so powerful. Um, it's so mm. so powerful. And you know the, the more people that are are prepared to do that are prepared to, to get on social media and tell their story and it's all about storytelling they're the ones that are going to really really see a lot of success um in this new age that we find ourselves in i mean it's, it's interesting i always think it's interesting as well you know we talk about the big brands and you don't see them advertising much i mean i, I don't think i've seen a kfc advert for months now um uh, but you, you know you go on holiday and you get the guide as to where to eat and never, wherever I've been in the world, no matter where I've been, Europe or elsewhere, never has it been like a chain of restaurants where the advice you're going to eat. It's always some small little restaurant, you know what I mean, um, where, the, where the food's the best. And, and, it, and it's interesting because um, I spoke about KFC there. Um, when they first promoted KFC, 
they couldn't sell it, could it? They couldn't sell it. Um, when they just put this chicken in a bucket, and mm. and people people weren't eating it. And it, it's interesting how psychology plays a big part in this marketing. Um, and especially with regards to the, the big brands, as soon as they put the old guy, the colonel, on the side of a bucket, people didn't trust it. Um, they, right. for some reason, people felt that his face was trustworthy, and then they started to eat it. I mean, I, I, I always I've thought always he looked a bit like Rolf Harris, really, which is always a bit of an untrustworthy <laughs> character. <laughs> <laughs> he does have that bit of a look about him, doesn't it? And well, that's the thing you see with some people. You know, if you've got a picture of that guy, it's like Captain Fishy. I always think Captain Fishy looks a bit sort of is there on that on that boat with a load of kids, and you think, hold on a second, do their parents <laughs> know they're on that boat with that old man? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, for me, psychologically, it doesn't really work. But. The, you know, the big brands play on this a lot, and it's especially with, like, McDonald's. They went to advertise to children because they know that if they get one child go, they're not likely to bring an, an adult with them. So they've doubled up on their sales. Absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, you, you must remember the McDonald's parties that you used to I mean, I had, a, I had a birthday party when I was a kid in McDonald's, and, yeah. um, you know, they, they got in there early with me, and, you know, uh, regrettably, I can't deny now, I still enjoy McDonald's now and again, you know, because it's just that, mm. you know, they, they, it's consistency. You know, you can say what you want about McDonald's. They've definitely not got the best burgers, but yeah, they've got the best business, that's for yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> and you do get a, a decent burger every time you go. It's no difference, is it? It's the burger that, that you have today is exactly the same as the burger tasting the burger you had 20 how do they do that <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly well, i hate to think to be honest with you but um but yeah i mean that's the thing you can be anywhere in the world anywhere any country in the world mm. and you know you can be maybe there's you're somewhere in the restaurants are not looking great you see a mcdonald's at the end of the street you think okay i know i can go there and i'm going to get something yeah. that i recommend something that I know, I know, understand exactly how it's going to work. I can walk in the door. Doesn't matter what language everything is in. I know the system. It's just that mm. consistency is just so important, and that's what they've branded themselves on. It's just, just complete consistency um, in their service, in the way that they deliver their food, um, you know, in the speed as well. And these are all things that a lot of restaurants didn't necessarily take into account. You know, so many most restaurants are focusing on having a, the best possible ingredients and the, the best possible presentation the best possible service but mcdonald's was said like no actually screw that people just want efficient consistency that they can rely on you know um that they they will get the same experience over and over and over again no matter where they are in the world no matter what culture they're in no matter what country they're in it doesn't matter mm. and they've come in and provided that and and as it turns out, that is something that people do want. That, does, it, does that mean that if I'm looking to have an amazing meal, an amazing romantic night out or something like that, I'm going to go to McDonald's? No, of course not. Um, you know, there's, 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 it's not the only way to market yourselves. But in terms of scaling a business, I mean, you, you can't take it away from them, right? They're like the biggest, one of the biggest brands on the planet. Um, and, you know, they haven't, they haven't done that by mistake. And it's, they've survived as well. Such bad publicity, haven't they, really? McDonald's. I mean, I don't know whether you've read... Have you ever read the book Fast Food Nation? Or if you're aware of Fast Food Nation? I've, I've aware um, of it. I haven't read it, no. Yeah. I mean, basically, the stories in there about... Um, I think one was in Mexico. Um, they use these big sort of sides to cut the, to cut the, the carcasses in half uh, for the meat. And obviously these are razor sharp and this Mexican got 
got caught in it and it, it chopped his arm off. And wow. um, he, he, he was, <laughs> they phoned him up the next day, McDonald said, and asked him when he was coming back to work. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it didn't end up in a McDonald's burger, I don't mind. Yeah, well, this is it. But there was, and then they were saying, you know, like, it reminds you, it's the same with Coca-Cola. I mean, there were stories about, you know, where they produce, the factories where they produce Coca-Cola, how the byproduct from the sugar cane, they're just throwing it into rivers and it's killing wildlife and indigenous populations can't drink to the river. They're on there, you know, and, and they've survived that. We're buying yeah. a smaller... It's just that, that Coca-Cola, it just tastes so good, doesn't it? That's the problem, right? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> no, it's like it's that, it's that Coca-Cola taste. It doesn't, you know, they, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, it's, um, nah. I think, I think these brands that do, do have to do a lot of work in the background to tidy up a lot of these mess messes and these exposed exposures. But I think, you know, mm. the, the brands that they've got are so strong now, so, so yeah. strong that kind of overrides it. And that's, that's just the power of what they've managed. That just represents mm. the power of what they've managed to achieve with their brands. You know, you can, it's like Apple, right? Apple, are, Everyone, everyone loves, well, not everyone, but a lot of people, Apple are a very extremely popular high-end technology company. There's a lot of bad press about them, you know, with, um, you know, all the stuff that goes on in the, the Foxconn factories and, and stuff like that. And still, despite all that, everyone still wants the shiny new iPhone, don't they? You know, you get all it. Like, it's yeah. funny, you know, a lot of these people that are, are moaning about Apple on social media and they're, they're, writing, their, they're writing their posts on an iPhone. <laughs> right, like. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I'm using a Mac. It's the it's the best technology. Despite thirty percent of Chinese workers at Apple um, throwing themselves yeah. off buildings, um, you know, yeah, created that, that desire in the thing they sell is so strong. Um, and that's, that's, again, yeah. that's done through effective marketing and, and branding. Look, don't get me wrong. Personally, you know, put, put the, the, the way that the, their, their uh, factories and stuff to one side in terms of the actual product, it's a corker. They've delivered a great product, but they've also marketed it very, very well. They've branded themselves very, very well, very clean, very crisp, you know, like machined edges on all on the laptops and their full solid metal jackets with no, no, no sort of rough edges or anything, all very just the, you know, they, they took the, the, if you look at Apple, they took the laptop and made it into like a, almost like a, a beautiful piece of art in a way, something that the, most laptop companies, these big chunky plastic things with like dials on the side and all these bits that you stick different peripherals in, 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 in there. They're ugly, really. They're always quite ugly. Apple took that and said, like people want something that they can be proud of, something they can get out and people are like, oh, that's nice and shiny. And that's exactly what they've done. Um, and that desire to have that product is so strong that even with all of the negative news, it, it can't overpower the power of their brand. No, I mean, you're talking about the, the product and how it looks, the aesthetics behind uh, the Mac. I mean, I've been to some companies, and, and one, I can't remember the name of the company, but it, the office was like, they exposed all the brickwork, so it was right down to the brick, and they'd got these desks, which were like polished, and on them was iMacs, and it just looked so, on each desk was an iMac, and it just looked so impressive. And just by that alone, you could turn around and say, I want to work for that company. But, um, yeah, exactly. You yeah. Know, you literally, would, you'd, work, you'd want to work for a company more if you go to their office. And like you say, they've got exposed brickwork and, and Apple computers in there because yeah. it says something about the company. There's a, they're a, you know, a company. They're in line with the same vision and values that Apple is. And it's all, it's all just branding. It's, it's just it's amazing yeah. the power of that. And I think, you know, 
that's what's so important in being able to transition and pivot into other other areas. Like if Apple released, I don't know, a uh, well, they say they say they might release a car. I guarantee you, whatever it is they choose to release, it's going to be a top seller mm-hmm. because it's Apple because they've 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 mm-hmm. created a brand. And that's what you want if you've got a business like a restaurant right now and mm-hmm. you've had to shut your restaurant down and and you release a recipe book. If you've created a great brand around your restaurant, people are going to buy it. But if you haven't, no one's going to buy it. And and that's what that's why branding is so so important because you know we're in a fragile society and things change very quickly now and you need to be prepared to transition you need to have your eggs in more than just one basket um, and you need to have enough people that are interested in your brand to be able to follow you on whatever journey it is that you want to go on mm. yeah um carlsberg they rebranded recently didn't they they uh, their sales were, were dropping off quite considerably um they did change the product slightly i'm not i'm not a lager drinker but um Working in a bar, it's a bit of an occupational hazard because you have to taste them when you clean the lines every so often. And I remember thinking, after, when they changed the brand, they put in these new glasses that were completely different. Um, you know, they, they, put, they put the posters up to say that it was a different ingredient. And it does, it, it tastes like a proper Pilsner, like when, what you have when you're abroad. It tastes really nice <laughs> now. Yeah, the beer. Why does the beer, why does the beer abroad always taste better than the beer in the UK? I don't know if it's like the no, sun or like you're on holiday. I don't never, know. <laughs> never, never, apparently, is it's always watered down. But and the thing is, you can drink that stuff at ten a.m. as well, and it doesn't sort of. Yeah. It, you know, you'd never get sick of it. You can just drink it all day, and you don't seem to fall over blind drunk, and you know, you don't seem to <laughs> wake up with a hangover every morning. And, um, but yeah, it just because yeah, that's the only time when I, I do drink lager actually. Generally, is when I go abroad. You know, I, I sort of yeah, there's uh, nothing better. You, know, you got like it's like baking hot, and you just sit there, that like ice dripping cold. So, you know, when they freeze the glasses, they bring it out, put it on your table. It's like you're just like ah, oh, yeah, it's this uh, yeah, you get me yeah, making me thirsty. Now. That's right. You know, you're on a holiday, don't you? I remember when I was at an Antigua Airport actually. And this guy, there's a beer there called Wadadley. I don't know whether you've, you've been to Antigua or heard of this beer called. Wadadley. I haven't been there, no. There's, there's a Wadadley catamaran, and everyone wants to go on the Wadadley catamaran. And this beer, it's absolutely gorgeous. And I remember being at the airport, and this guy was there, and he says, Oh, the first thing I'm going to do is have a Wadadley. And I knew exactly what he was talking about because we'd been, we'd been to Antigua before. And they do, and people sort of, you know, they, they, you know, like you say, once they, they've got the recipe right, clearly, because it tastes that good. And then they brand it like anything. One of the big, best brands that I ever saw, actually, w- was abroad, one of the best advertising things. Um, this was pre-sort of Kindle days. And this guy owned a motorboat. And he put a picture of his motorboat and a telephone number on a bookmark because what does everyone have when they go on holiday? They take a board, yeah, yeah. they took a book with them. And so these were placed in the hotel room. So each hotel had this bookmark. So you go in and all right, use that bookmark. And then lo and behold, while you was on the beach reading your book with this bookmark in it, this guy would turn up on his speedboat and boot it. So it would basically open up on the beach and you'd say I've seen that boat somewhere before and you'd look and it's in the bookmark and, and, <laughs> and it was brilliant it was absolute genius and this guy was he, I think he was working if he wasn't working seven days a week he was certainly doing six days a week 
I remember you got free carrot cake or something made by his made by his mum, and they took you on yeah, this. Yeah, that's the sort of thing, isn't it? That's the, you know, like branding can work at all levels. Like there's um, you know, um, I spend a lot of time in um, Valencia in in Spain, and um, oh, yeah. there's a like, there's a lot of people that sell like the drinks on the beach, they're selling them illegally, right? They're, they're kind of dragging along with a little cool box and they'll sell beers for 50p and watch out for the police to make sure they're not there. And there's this one guy, this one guy that comes along and he sings a song, a specific song about like Coca-Cola or Fanta and, and screams it out. And you, you can hear him coming from miles away and you always want to buy off him because he's created mm. this brand. And it's like, it's funny, but yeah. like, and if you go on YouTube, um, I think his name's Faisal. You can probably look him up. He, he's he's on the people have people have done videos of him like singing the song like with him and stuff like that. Mm. Like, he's like the king of the drink sales, and I guarantee you, he's uh, he's always making more money than every single other one of those people. I know that for a fact because he's always got more and he runs out quicker than everyone else because he's just got that he's created that brand and you know this stuff works at every level and that's what what's so important for people to realise is you don't have to have loads of money to create a really strong brand. You can do it you know, even easier than ever right now, you know, with all the tools you've got, but it's just, it's just so important to do no matter what stage your business is at. It's just, you know, think about right. How can I, you know, create a certain feeling in people around when that, you know, get, get people thinking mm-hmm. or talking about me. what's that special thing that I can, I can uh, communicate with my marketplace in a special way that's either like quirky or makes me stand out from everyone else. Um, I think everyone's got to think like that. Everyone's got to try and, put some personality into their business. Um, and, you know, obviously social media is a great way to do that, but it's not the only way, you know, you just, whatever you've got, you know, just try and think of something inventive to, to, to get your brand, you know, in people's heads um, for a good reason, obviously not bad, but I think, you know, stuff, stuff like that, I just always find that amazing because I look at that as a marketer mm. and think like oh, that's genius, right? It's just like brilliant. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I remember being in Mallorca once. In fact, I'd come back from Mallorca. And um, I was speaking to someone who'd, who'd been to the same place in York. I mean, this is 30-odd years ago. And um, I said, oh, yeah, yeah, we were there. We used to love having those melons first thing in the morning from the melon man. He said, oh, you mean melon, melon, apa, apa, maluna, maluna. I said, yeah, that's him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, right? That's the thing. And, you know, that's, that's the thing. people, like, yeah, it's just, it creates... You've got to give people a reason to talk about you. Yeah, that's the thing. You've got to, you've got to become something special. Like people, people, you know, people talk about things that are in, you know, important where they've where they've got a story behind something. People love a story. And if you can create a story with your brand, you know, then you're gonna you're gonna go places, right? You know, you can always like people you'll always people you always hear people telling a story of like, oh God, I was out you know, in such and such a country, uh, had a huge night out and then all of a sudden we ca- we found McDonald's. Because right? <laughs> it's always there, isn't it, right? It's always there, ready to serve you, ready to give you those burgers you want. And it's like, you know, you, you, the, the, it's, the, it's the storytelling element of it that I think is massive. The McDonald's apparently involved, I don't know whether it's the same now, when we were in Barbados for about two, um, early 2000s, something like that. And... There wasn't a McDonald's in Barbados. It, it was the at the time. I think it was the only place in the world where McDonald's didn't work because they said the food was that good there. And it was a car showroom that McDonald's was. He said, if you look close, you can still see the golden arches. Yeah. <laughs> and they put it. They've turned it into Mercedes. <laughs> they just used the M to to write Mercedes. Um, 
but yeah, yeah, I mean, that was interesting story because you expect a McDonald's everywhere, don't you? And this guy says, no, man, there's no McDonald's here. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's great. It's great to see places that don't don't have it for sure. And I mean, I'll say there, considering, yeah, there's there's definitely a few. There's still a few countries, isn't there, that that they haven't made it into or they've failed, but their hit rate's not bad, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, we've clearly done something right. But I remember I was in Plymouth when I was fourteen, which was like the mid eighties, and this guy, and it it was nothing more than a jacket potato store in Plymouth that sold. a bit more than jacket potatoes. He sold all kinds of food. Um, and Captain Jasper's, it was. And um, and I asked someone about someone who, who went in the pub that I worked, they were from Plymouth. So this was only a few months ago. And they, I said, oh, you're from Plymouth? He said, yes. He said, oh, he said, I was in Plymouth. And I went twice in the 80s to play football tournaments out there. And I said, there was this place called Captain Jasper's. She says, yeah, that's right. It's still there. <laughs> it's like, I mean, in the same place. I mean, this this guy is sort of renowned um, from everyone that goes to Plymouth on a night out. Everybody sort of apparently goes from a pub to Captain Jasper's. And it is nothing more. And it's like you were saying with budget, he's got character. The food's good. Um, you know, there's a certain type of charisma about the guy. But uh, the big um, thing is the story, right? That's the thing. That's the thing that, that yeah. gets everyone. There's a massive story. Oh, he's been there for years. He's been doing this same thing for years, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's an exciting story. And that, what's, that's the thing that makes you want to go and visit that business and go, you know, go and eat there because, because there's this, this, this story, this heritage in the, yeah. the brand. I think, you know, that's, that's just such an important part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's like with the guy who would sort of just head straight to the bar in Antigua and, and get one of these Wadadley beers. If I went to Plymouth again, I'd head straight for Captain Jasper's. You know, it's probably, um, you, you know, after sort of 40 odd years or whatever, you know, sort of, you know, where are you going to? No, I'm going, going to Captain Jasper's. Why? I don't know. It's just because it's, like, it's just part of my nostalgia where I must return. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Create that nostalgia, that, that interest through the, the stories and stuff that you've, you know, you've then got baked into your own experience as well. Like, it's just huge. And it's like going back to that guy that I was saying about, you know following him on instagram when he was like building his restaurant like that i was i was i was i was watching a story effectively i was watching like a a series almost of seeing him build this thing and then all of a sudden it's built and i'm bought into that brand in such a big way that i'd I'd, I'd never usually drive two hours to go to a restaurant i just wouldn't do it Mm. and there's a good plenty of good restaurants all around everywhere anyone lives but I did that because I, I was so interested in what seeing what the, mm. the end result was like and all the work that got into it. And I was like fully bought into that story. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's just, it's just a real, I think that's, that is a, a great example of, of why that is so important. And, you know, that is, yeah. that is the branding. That's the difference. That's, that's why it's so important because you, that's how you create, you know, loyal customers. Um, and I'd recommend that place to a lot of people as well. Like if I'd have just gone there and eaten the food that was served to me, yes, don't get me wrong, it's amazing food. But if I didn't have mm. that lead up, that story in my head behind it, I probably wouldn't have necessarily looked twice at it really in, in, in many ways. You know, it was it was some of the probably the nicest Asian food I've had, but it wasn't mm. it wasn't any better than a lot of other places I've been to. But there's yeah. a story behind it and it, that excites me. Yeah, everyone loves a good story though, don't they? I mean, if there's some... Um, I remember once there's a pub down here and um, he, when he, when they opened up the pub, they found a well 
And this guy went to the local university and um, he, he got um, a skeleton and threw it down the well and told people that when they opened up the pub, this is, this, they discovered it. They discovered the skeleton at the bottom of the well and, and people flocked to it. And I think he came clean eventually that this was, you know, that's what he'd done. Yeah. And everybody went. I remember my mum going. So I says, oh, you know, where are you going? She says, oh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to this pub because there's a skeleton at the bottom of the well. Um, and they put glass <laughs> over it and that. So people go for a drink and, you know, uh, while they're there and sort of see the skeleton at the bottom of the well. And if people, you know, the story was, I wonder who he was. I wonder what happened. And, you know, was he local or, you know, <laughs> was he just passing by for some water, you know, like 300 years ago or whatever. And then eventually it came about that, no, I just threw it down. I did it myself. But it's just brilliant. It's a great story. Um, in fact, I still go to that place now just so I can tell people that story. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, the Welsh. Yeah, the Welsh. Yeah, I mean, I would, I, yeah, probably not not recommended to make story up, but um, but yeah, I mean, whatever works, you, right? I mean, still they've still they've still managed to to get success with that, right? It's, it's got people, it's got people yeah. talking. Um, yeah. But that that's really what marketing is about. At its core, I think personally, like marketing branding is about is about telling a story in a way that resonates with people. Mm. Um, I think that's the you know you can make your logo as nice as you want. You can make your your brand and your your brand colors and all that kind of stuff as nice as you want but really the things that human act human beings respond to is storytelling like that's 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 what we've done for millions of years and it's what we'll always do you know a good story um, you know create and creating that in a brand is is how you how you build something strong that's going to last you know the test of time is having a, a really strong story behind your brand and your business sure i mean i think there was an ethical issue i think someone probably contacted him Probably from the castle suggested that it, the skeleton should have a proper burial and they, they find out. Yeah. <laughs> so that's probably why I had to come clean about it, you know. Oh <laughs> well, they do say any publicity is good publicity, right? So I'm sure a lot of people were talking about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they certainly were. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was quite popular at the time. But, um, I mean, do you think there's still a lot of vanity with regards to restaurants? You know, do you think... People still eat it somewhere particularly nice. I mean, it's like, um, although the food is quite good there, there's a chain. I don't know whether, I'm sure it's probably in starting in London. I, I'm sure there's branches in London. But the Alchemist, have you seen these bars? Yes, I have. And I, yeah. I, 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 I'm not quite putting a memory to it, though, because I'm sure I've been to one of these um, places. So just remind me. Yeah. They have, well, the, the decor is beautiful. The dark, wherever you go, I think it's, it's similar theme throughout. But you know, like the, some, of the, some of the shelves. They it's have it's like a cocktail bar kind of place. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah. it's like, the, you know, the, the drinks, the shelves. It's almost like, like a 50s style kind of place. Oh, what, sorry? Is it like a sort of a, an, old, an old sort of oldie worldy sort of 50s style yeah, decor? You, yeah, and like a sort of magician sort of. Um, like an, up, an upper class magician sort of uh, bar, you know, and, and they, they do look really sort of, they, they are really nice, you know, they're comfortable and the furniture's very sort of elaborate and it's, you know, that's, it's top end stuff. I'll be amazed if someone says, oh, no, no. 
no, you'll be surprised how little we spent on this place. It's mainly from Ikea, you know. Um, yeah. You know, it, they are really sort of, they are nice. And in fact, the food was quite good there. But do you think a lot of people still go to restaurants just because it's a place where they, they want to be seen and they can have a selfie? Yeah, absolutely. Probably, yeah. I mean, like that's, again, like, you know, being able to say that you're, um, you've been to, you know, if you, if, they, if you create a strong enough brand, um it's like it's like mcdonald's the, the, the food the traditional things that are important all of a sudden aren't as important to people like so it, it so i think yeah especially in the day and age of taking selfies and you know showing off on social media and all of this stuff mm. um yeah i think yeah i think you know you you can absolutely capitalize on that um but i think you know the only way you create a strong brand is you have a you know you have that reliability and respect in the right places like so i think you can't you can't you're not going to have a you're not going to have a restaurant that people want to frequent unless there's a special reason to go there unless you've created a special reason for them to go there whatever that reason is i think there's a lot of places that are perhaps very overpriced because they but why are they overpriced because they 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 can be overpriced because they have built up a, a brand that is popular enough but i mean who's to say it's overpriced right if people are willing to pay a massive amount of money for subpar food just so they can show off on social media that they've been there because you know that business has put so much effort into building up a really strong brand well good luck to them um, but i think yeah i mean i think that's absolutely the case but the only way again that you do that the only way that you can i mean i'm sure most business owners although they might hate to admit it they would love to be in a position where they could overcharge for food that is subpar <laughs> you know be in a position where people are queuing up outside their their restaurant um but that's that's not they're not they're not then they haven't created that brand because just on on just the food it's because they've created it they've made it into something that people want to be part of you know whether that's because there's a story behind it or whatever it might be i mean it's it's not as um it's, yeah, I think it, I think it's more, more. I think it's more so now. You know, brands brands can 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 afford to be able to to do that more now because of the, because of social media. Because people will travel far, far and wide to say, oh yeah, look, I've had a picture in this place or I've had a picture in that place. You know, and just so they can share it on on Instagram or, or Facebook. You know, that's just that's just how people are now. So I think as a brand, you know, you can absolutely play to play to that um but again you know you've got to give people a reason to want to do that if you've not if you're not giving them a reason you know if if the food is subpar then what is the reason they're going there there's got to be something that's drawing them in um whether that's because it's visit regularly you know whatever it might be i, I don't know but um yeah it, if you create a strong brand you know you can afford to you know be weaker in some of the other areas that people compete in you know every every restaurant tries to compete on quality of food that's not necessarily the only that's the most competitive part or the most if you if you look at all the different things restaurants compete can compete on quality of food is probably the most competitive part of having a restaurant if you find something else to compete on like mcdonald's compete on speed and consistency well not many people yeah. are trying to compete on that Right now, they've competed. They've they've taken themselves to number one much easier. If they were trying to compete compete on quality, they'd have nowhere done nowhere near as well as they've done now. Um, mm. So I think it's about understanding, you know, what the marketplace actually wants. We're not we're not always competing on the things that we think we should be. People actually sometimes people buy into much different concepts to to what we traditionally think are right. It's not all about 
having the best quality food. You know, it's not all the best. Sometimes it can be about how much you experiment or sometimes it can be like the restaurant I visit. It's about the story behind it. You know, the fact that, you know, the guys shared the story of building a restaurant and, and you buy into that side of it. Uh, it's, yeah. There's so much more to it. So you've got to find these these other find I think finding these other other arenas to compete in within your business and this goes way beyond just restaurants super important and that's that's what branding is about is I, I believe there's a book called blue ocean strategy i think i've shouted about it a few times on on social media before but you know that talks about you know how companies have, have done this time and time again they created these blue oceans and gone into areas of competition that the other brands that are selling similar things haven't done like ford did it with their car when they first released the car they had all, all these other cars were around but they're really expensive what ford did is they 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 bootstrapped it they they cut down loads of parts and loads of additional features that they didn't think were relevant that all the other uh, uh, car companies were competing on and they created um something that was reliable maybe not as fast um not as not as uh, you know not as feature heavy as some of the other stuff and they released it and it and they became almost a global well not a global success but a massive success almost overnight with this with this new product because they decided to compete in different areas to what everyone else where everyone else was looking and i think you know it's a massive thing that you can learn from that when it comes to branding is it's, it's not often all about that one thing that you think is important you know no i mean no that's right i mean sometimes it like you say it's the location and then you know it's not just about relying on on, on the menu being so good um, and the food food tasting so great you know, there's an ambience about a place or an atmosphere that, that people go for. I mean, did you hear these stories about certain celebrities not paying for their food? And obviously, when the, the managers come up to them and said, you know, I think Puff Daddy might have been one of them, I think. Um, you know, the, some, a rapper or someone or a country and Western star or something in America. They've come up to them and said, you know... Uh, you know why excuse me sir but why are you refusing to pay for your meal and they said well basically because i'm eating here and they, they're using it to sort of say well you can promote your business based on the fact that i'm eating here now um, <laughs> well i mean yeah for some of, yeah, it's, a, it's a fair point to some extent isn't it but uh, quite cheeky <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know billy ray cyrus was, was one of them that did it he probably wasn't but um you know he's like because imagine him standing in his cowboy boots in his in his Huh. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Cyrus, why aren't you paying? Oh, because I'm, you know, because I'm here. You can get a selfie with me now and promote your business. And I think, you know, there, there was a lot of this going on. It had a lot of it. I don't know whether the Kardashians have tried it on. Um, but these people with... You know, that said, that said, if I had a restaurant and Kim Kardashian rang me up and said, do you mind if I come to your restaurant for a free meal? I'd say, absolutely, bring your whole family and take loads of pictures, yeah. you know. It's, that's the end. Why is that? It's because, it's because they've got a brand. They've got their own brand, and they're they're yeah. super powerful now because of that brand. You know, um. So yeah, I mean, it's um, it, you know that that's again the power of brand. You know, you could, they can only afford to even even have the even have the audacity to ask for a free meal because they know their brand is stronger than that restaurant's brand that they're sitting in, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's right. I mean, maybe if he'd phoned up in advance, it'd have been a bit more amicable, you know. Be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, true. There's yeah. definitely a way to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. He did, definitely got it wrong. He says, no, no, you've got it all wrong. You ask us first, and we, we you know, we quite happily just sort of <laughs> agree to it. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I'd be over the moon if someone of that, 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 that uh, someone like that was coming to eat in a restaurant. I'd probably be offering them the meal for free before they even got to paying it anyway. To be honest with you, um, again, yeah, why is that? It's, it's, that's just branding. Yeah. You know, these influencers yeah. have created their own brands now that are super powerful, mm-hmm. like ridiculously powerful, more powerful than a lot of companies. Um, yeah. You know, again, how do they do that? Through social media, through sharing their lives on on mm-hmm. online. You know, and, and and getting people to buy into that. Yeah, I mean, there's a we we've been on the other other side of that actually. You know, you know, we're saying you offering people um, tables. Um, we've been on the other side. I don't know whether it was celebrity or not, uh, but basically, we went to a restaurant in Nottingham, particularly a good restaurant called Hearts. Um, it, it is a damn good restaurant. The food's fantastic, but I've never eaten there again simply because um, we booked a table there. And we had to wait something like two hours for the, some ridiculous length of time for the table to come about. And you go across the road, you actually go across the car park to the bar, and it's all very plush, very beautiful, um, on the edge of the park in Nottingham. It's a lovely area. And we were told we'd got to wait. And we waited that long. That by the time we sort of, we ordered, I think, while we was in this bar, which is across from the restaurant, across the car park from the restaurant. And, you know, because obviously the way that we're waiting, so, well, why don't you order your food now? And it got to the point where we just literally had the main course. And we said, no, we're not paying for anything else. We're not paying for the champagne. We don't even want the dessert because it's too bloody late now. You know, we've, we've stomachs have shrank. It's gone beyond. We've gone yeah, beyond yeah. hunger. Um, and their excuse was that they'd got booked somebody else in our, in our table instead um you know i don't know whether this was a dignity or whether it was someone who was prepared to pay more than us or a regular or whatever but they they'd given priority to somebody else for whatever reason and um and the manager said i tell you what you do sorry about that phone me up anytime and um, we'll get you in we'll get you in a table and it's like great okay so i phoned up and says oh um we want a table and he says no and he says, why not? And, and he says, because we're fully booked up. And I said, well, you can do what you did the other night then and throw somebody else out. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry, sir. <laughs> you know what I mean? But had I been sort of a celebrity, he'd probably said, yeah, okay, yeah, I'll throw them out. Um, so I don't know whether it was a celebrity or whether it was just somebody they sort of preferred over us. Um, but, you know, the meals aren't cheap there. You know what I mean? There was four of us. So, it, you know, it's a, a few hundred quid. For, um, for four people, put it that way. And, um, you know, I've, I've never been back since, particularly for that reason. Uh, I'd said I'd never eat there again. I mean, that, that was the biggest insult ever, I think. I think that was yeah, worse. I mean, that's, that's, that's rough. And again, you know, that's, that's not good, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that, you know, I think the, the thing is, if, if those kind of experiences happen too often, then they're, they're, it's very transparent now. You know, you can go on TripAdvisor, you can go on Facebook, you can go on Google you can leave these reviews and everyone's looking at these reviews and yeah, you see one or two now and again that, that might sort of, you know, be out, out of uh, character in, in based on the general opinion. You can kind of a lot of the time ignore those, but you know, if you're, if you, if you're doing that on a regular basis, you're going to get exposed now, <laughs> you know, years ago you could get away with having a, a, a shit service in a bad location. Mm-hmm. Not anymore, not anymore. And that's why, again, it's so important to really make sure that you're nailing the basics um, now because yeah. you will get exposed so easily and so quickly you know you you get you get you start if your if your trip advisor rating goes below what four stars 
like good luck mm-hmm. good luck trying to keep your business afloat um so yeah. i think you know that, again i think that's that's one of the the beauties of, of the internet is it has exposed a lot of those restaurants but i also i think it's yeah it's a very mm-hmm. dangerous game to be upsetting customers too regularly now you know which i think is only a good thing really but it's um yeah, it's just, it's just so, it's just everything's so much more exposed now, um, and so transparent with 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 things. And you've really yeah. got to pay so much attention to that service side. I don't think Hearts have to worry about my uh, my custom uh, personally, but uh, yeah, that was a bigger insult than the moth. I think. I think I'd have, uh, you know, I did go back to the place where I had the moth again, but I never. Got well, back the thing to is, Hearts. if they do that to too many people like you. That are going in there yeah. and there's enough people that you know that starts to become a bit of a trend of people complaining about that well people are going to yeah. think twice before booking booking aren't they because they're going to think well hang on a minute there's like i'm just reading these reviews and there's free average free star and about 30 percent of people saying they they lost their table at the last minute you know mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are that's mm-hmm. not good <laughs> so yeah. in fact you know the rating thing's quite interesting because uh i remember was i was in turkey uh once and Everything they're renowned. They they they're renowned for. They come up to people and they say, you know, anything counterfeit you can buy there, and it looks good stuff as well. You know the, um, the if you want super dry t-shirts. I mean, they say they're made there anyway. They say you pay over the odds. They're made here anyway. They're authentic, super dry. Which they probably are actually. You can buy them for a fraction of the cost. Uh, Ray Bans. Uh, what are the the headphones that uh, Dr. Dre? Oh, the Beats. Had. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they've got those. And in fact, I know people who just bought them um, because they'd already got a set of beats and they said, we wanted to compare them. And they said, the sound's bloody awful, Sean. He says, um, <laughs> absolutely dreadful. Uh, so they, they claim that you can counterfeit anything. And I, I had to laugh at this restaurant owner because, they, you know, they, they sort of try and, you know, tout for business, don't they, as you're walking by. So we're walking down the middle of this street in Alou Dines. Everything in the aisles is counterfeit. You go boss suits. You've got, you know, um, <laughs> IKEA furniture. Whatever you can imagine that has got a big brand to it, they're making it and counterfeiting it. And this guy rolls out of this restaurant and he says, come into my restaurant, come into my restaurant. And he says, look. And he pulled out a piece of paper that had been laminated and it got a five-star rating on it. And he passed it, man, <laughs> and just laughed. And he says, what are you laughing at? And he says, you've just passed me like the most basic possibility of a counterfeit product. And you know, you expect me to believe it. And he says, but yes, it's true. And I says, it may well be true. I says, but I'm standing in a place where everything is counterfeit. And you expect me to believe a laminated piece of paper with a five-star rating on it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not the ideal saying. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of, kind, of, kind of ironic. If it had bought the iPad out and like scrolled through and like gone to the internet, then yeah, I'd have, I'd have probably believed it was a legitimate website. But it just comes out with the most the, the, you know the technology that they're using to make these, these this equipment <laughs> shoes t-shirts bags you name it like say headphones sunglasses that you know it's bang on you get a, a you know something else and compare it to it and i mean i had a super dry t-shirt and i compared it to one that was there and it was it was identical um and someone had got some sunglasses as well some uh gucci sunglasses and they looked identical as well and so th- they were doing some 
brilliant stuff with their counter. And again, you know, that's, that's the power of brand, right? People were happy to forego the quality side of things just so they can have yeah. that logo on their chest or on their sunglasses mm. or earphones or whatever. That's again, you know, that's, if, if, I, I say, I, th- I say, if, you, if you've got a business and it's being counterfeited, then you're doing a pretty good job. You know, if people are copying what you're doing online on any level, then yeah, it can be frustrating, but actually that's a sign that you're doing something very, very good because, <laughs> you know, people, people want to want your brand that much that they're prepared to forego, you know, the, the quality and, and all the rest of it, just so they can have that, that logo or that, you know, show other people um, that, that they're, they're invested in that brand. I think it's, it's uh, that's, that's definitely, that's definitely a, um, a I think a, a good problem to have, right? <laughs> Well, I like particularly as well, the, the opportunity arises and certain companies take it. I don't know whether you remember the, um, you know, the New Orleans, the, the sort of hurricane that basically destroyed the, uh, the, the, the city there um, and the surrounding area. And there was one, I think it was cause, if it says, uh, basically, uh, when price doesn't matter, when the cost is free, this is what people choose. And that was brilliant, you know, because like the number one, the king of beers is, is Budweiser in America. Um, mm. nobody, was, nobody was stealing Budweiser. People were stealing, you know, other brands that they would not necessarily, necessarily pay for. And I thought that's brilliant marketing because they have highlighted the fact that when you compare product for product and it's completely free, then they'll go for cause or they'll go for Miller or whatever. And I thought that was a brilliant opportunity. Obviously, it's only going to last for so long, isn't it? That advert, you, you know, you don't. I've ne- I saw it once in the a newspaper, I think it was that week, um, and I've never seen it again. And it's not the sort of thing they can use now. But I just love that that ingenuity as far as the the opp- taking the opportunity when it when it happens and when it matters. Um, you know, you see, you know, you see other companies uh, do it to some degree, and I you, I just admire that sort of you know that intuition for sort of saying well yeah you know it was wrong and you know the poor guy was probably shot outside by the police marksman Uh, but you know we're going to take this opportunity to sort of showcase our product and you know highlight the fact that when you know people are stealing beer you know how how ranks the highest so you know when with outside of, of looting uh, times can you please sort of uh, just be prepared to pay that extra for our beer <laughs> you know cause yeah, it's no, like really- absolutely yeah i mean again you know it's just more like connecting those stories with the brands and stuff you know that's that's so important right because i'm sure that you're not the first person to be telling that story right and it's going to that's, that's the sort of thing that's going to going to travel oh did you hear about you know the, the advert that did this or you know all these things is it's it's so powerful it really is yeah I mean, you, you did see some, I mean, there were some ones that were banned, weren't they? You know, the adverts that were banned. And, uh, can you remember the, oh, the Volkswagen Polo one with a suicide bomber in it? I don't you know, know if I do, you know. No, I'm going to have to um, look that one up. It, it must still be on the internet. It was basically a Volkswagen Polo with a suicide bomber in it. <laughs> and in fact he's outside a restaurant i think or a busy area or a pub or something and obviously he blows himself up and all you see is just a car like a puff of smoke inside and and the car's like in one piece and oh, uh, and oh do you know what? i think i have yeah you know rings yeah. of bell now you say that yeah and then the, the, the car's just sitting there fine afterwards and nothing well, else is left than it. Looks, i think was the, with the, <laughs> the 
the logo, what it Volkswagen Polo is stronger than it looks, you know. And um, obviously, they, they weren't allowed to do it because there was some sensitivity surrounding it. And yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, you know, I've remembered that, like the the other one. You know, you remember um, the this, you know, and, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's that fine line between controversy and not crossing that line with that sensitivity. I mean, um. I mean, I think there's far too much sensitivity anyway. I, d I don't think that... Um... Yeah, I mean, I think the goal is just to, like, whatever means is get people... You've got, mm. If you're getting people talking about something, people love to tell... People love to be the person to tell their friends about, oh, did you hear about this? Or have you seen this? Or, oh, God, you never guess what? I went to this place and you know the place what they do with this stuff. And, like, people just... like that, That's how you create, like, um, you know, a... a, a a really strong brand is just create that storytelling so that, that your brand is weaved into the stories of all of the other of all of all of the population you know telling stories like whether it's whether it's a big brand like mcdonald's or whether it's like the the small brand like i talked about the small the small restaurant that opened up you know i've told i i, I tell a lot of these stories to, to other people that feature these brands in because of certain experiences or, or things that happen because I, I think that it's going to be exciting to other people and you know partly from a selfish perspective as human beings we want to be the cool kid on the block we want to be the person oh did you not know about such and such oh i went to this place and this happened like if you can weave your brand into those stories and make it like create that kind of that kind of virality if you like with the, the the things that you do whether that's something that's a little bit crazy that like maybe gets banned or something that's going to get people talking but it doesn't have to be that it can be anything it can be but you've got to kind of create there's a great book another great book that uh, i read called um contagious which is a fitting word for this time <laughs> this time in, in in our lives um but that's, i can't remember the name of the guy that wrote it now but it escapes me but you know go on amazon and search it you'll find it quick enough it talks about all these kind of things and you know how you know it's really important to create a, a, a stories and create experiences that people want to talk about and that's how brands go viral mm. with very very little marketing budget you can still rely on that word of mouth is still even now with social media everything to face as a business or as a product or service that's so much more powerful than any ad that you can watch on on tv you know um i'm sure yeah. you've had it in your business i've certainly had it in mine if someone comes mm -hmm. to me and said oh you know you, you're a current customer of yours i'm a good friend of them they've they said that you're great and they're ready to work with you mm -hmm. there's no selling involved they don't have to see your ad five times or any of that silly stuff it's like so that you know being able to create that uh create create that kind of referral system on stories that people are telling each other oh did you hear about this oh this is great too if you can create that and make that happen um on a on a massive scale then you know that is that's that's where the wins happen you know that's where the big wins happen yeah sure i mean if there was if there was something specifically that you could any anything any product any any sort of experience if there's something that you you know you've you had a choice what would you what would you choose to market what would you know what uh, is something you could say oh you know I'd, I'd love to market that you know i'd love to you know build a strategy around that and promote it because you you know you could really get passionate about it sort of really go all out um i think i think do you know what i think it's more it's not so much about a specific product but i just like working with people that are passionate about their own thing something that's like yeah. where 
you know, you've got someone that is super, if you're working with other people or other people in, in a business or a brand that are really passionate, um, then it's really, it makes everyone's life so much easier. Because I, so I think for, for me, it's not so much about a specific product, but it's about the attitude of the owners. Like the more passionate people are um, about what they do and the more prepared, you know, people that are not just passionate, but prepared to do whatever they need to do um that just mm-hmm. want the help our, you know my helping hand or, or our business's helping hand to actually do the right stuff because they're not they don't quite understand how to market their business but they've got that drive and ambition like that's the best thing to be able to market you need take any product you want um but for me i think the most important thing is like the person behind it and their passion towards that product and generally if someone's really passionate it's not always if the product's crap <laughs> sometimes you can be deluded that's obviously not ideal so it's got to be a good you know product but i think really important that you know the people that are working the teams or people behind it are, have got that fire in their belly and that desire to to make it into something special and prepared to do what, whatever it takes i think that working with people like that is a great great experience um because um there's just so much energy in, involved and, and when you're talking about you know trying certain ideas or getting them to do things that maybe are uncomfortable like getting on camera there people the people that are prepared to do those things and push themselves and push their brand to new levels are the ones i think they're the most exciting to to work with and the people that are you know want to the worst people the worst people to to work with um on the to the contrary are the people that want to just Go hire a marketing agency and go and sit on the sofa and, and, and God, let me know when you've made me loads of money kind of thing. Because that, they, they, <laughs> those people are never going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this got, you, you know, if some, if someone's just expecting us to take over as a marketing agency and, and they're not, they're not going to put the, the working on their side and they're not passionate and they're not willing to, because it's not, it's it, in, in most cases, even if you're doing marketing for a business, you've, it's, it's still a joint effort right when you're working with a client they've got to do their part they've got to stick to their side of the bargain like we can't we can't just take over their entire brand they've they've still got to deliver on their promises to their customers you know do whether that's on service on quality on you know doing the stuff that they need to do on social media as well like we can't we can't show like if we're working with a restaurant and we can't do a story you know at prime time on a friday night showing how busy the restaurant is we're not there Right, so the, the the owners need to be brought into doing as what as much as possible to make their brand succeed, and that's why it's so important to have that passion. Because if you haven't got that, and you're not prepared to to do as much as possible on your side, then it's going to be really hard for for us to be able to do to do the best job possible. You know. Yeah. Yes. Of course. I mean, are you sort of encouraging people to embrace more technology now? You ask. You spoke about you know video and stuff. Are you are you sort of encouraging people to go down that route now to do more sort of videos sort of to promote themselves as individuals more 100 percent. yeah i think having that having that personality and that brand i mean whether you like it or not people want to say oh well i don't really like doing video okay great well you're gonna you're gonna lose out um, as as a result and the people that are prepared to you know come if you look at if you look at like look at the kids now i don't know if you've got any um, children or nieces, nephews, anything like that in your family or, or your young kids that you know that are sort of maybe eight, nine, ten years old, like they're they're doing it like they're doing Instagram lives all day. Like they're chatting to their friends on Instagram live and they're going putting videos out on Facebook. Like this this is the future. Yeah. And the old, the old generation of people are like, oh I don't like to do 
video. And that's exactly what the kids are looking at us adults like now. Um, and, you know, I think the, the generation below us, is, they're not going to have that fear. They're not going to have that fear because they're going to have grown up putting themselves on video and it's just going to be completely, yeah. completely normal, right? We're like, we're like the old granddad generation now that's like doesn't like to listen to drum and bass right it's like that kind of thing but like the yeah. the, the kids the kids now they're, they're not they're not scared of that stuff they grow up with it and it's just it's totally normal like there's if you yeah, take a class I, I now the amount agree, of people yeah. that are, take the amount of people that are putting themselves in video they're doing it from a young age sadly that wasn't a thing certainly for me when i was younger um and you know i struggled massively with putting myself in video and most of my friends that are my age would never dream of doing it um but actually i think that's also a good thing um because mm. my competitors are too scared yeah. to do it as well so if you're able to step out of your comfort zone now and start doing that like then you connect with people on mm. such a deeper level it doesn't doesn't mean you have to be like a like a dick about it you don't have to be like trying to show off and just try to show off your rolex or whatever it is that you're doing you know you just just be you but just just there's this weird fear that as soon as you put a lens in front of it all of a sudden like you, you know, you, you, you get people get scared to talk. Um, it's, it's a funny thing and it's, I know it's absolutely true because I've been through it as well. Like when I first, the thought of me being on camera a couple, of, even a couple of years ago, I only started sort of putting myself out there in video probably about a year and a half or so ago. The thought of that to me was just like, I was so scared. So, so scared. I was just scared of what people might say, scared, but you know, probably more so people that already knew me. I didn't give a shit about people that didn't know me. I was more yeah. bothered about, you know what my friends down the pub would say or whatever and you know don't get me wrong like i, I get I, I get stick about it but i don't care like at the end of the day you know a lot of my friends are, aren't growing they're not necessarily trying to grow a business they're, they're working in a office job and they're quite happy doing that and that's fine you don't have to do it but if you want to grow a business if you want to build trust and you know get as many um people interested in what you're doing as, as possible then you know having your own personal brand or at least being prepared to put yourself out there a little bit is massive absolutely massive and people can deny it all they want people can say oh like um i don't i don't necessarily that's not me or whatever okay fine but you, the reality is you're going to miss out and that's that's just how it is you don't have to do it no one's going to force you and there's plenty of brands out there that don't need to do that don't get me wrong you know but i think you know if you if you're trying to grow a business and you're trying to grow a brand and you're not storytelling and you're not, you're not sharing your own personal experiences, um, then you are at a loss, uh, to be honest. And what you're going to find is your competitors that are doing that are going to get ahead of you. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's just inescapable facts at this point, I believe. Yeah, I think, the, I think you're right. My daughter's six and um, she requests to do YouTube videos um she she thinks she's got her own channel in fact she thinks she's famous she's 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 that enthusiastic yeah that's about. that's people are just it's just normal now that's just normal putting yourself out there people haven't you know to us when we were kids it was quite rare that you had a camera pointed at you right a video it's camera no one had them it was quite scary no. like what i'm going to be yeah. i'm going to be captured on this thing and it's going to be there forever and like we still mm. feel that that fear like mm. and you know there was a few times at school maybe they got the the video camera and you're just like oh no they're gonna feel like drama or something right yeah. but now everyone's got the cameras on their phones and like literally they're like if i was a, if i if i was a child and i didn't know any different i would i didn't there was i didn't have that fear when i was five years old i'd have just grown up doing videos of myself and it would have been like as normal as eating my breakfast in the morning do you know what i mean but we didn't grow up with that and uh, i think that's the thing we're in the we're it's, it's a good thing if you're prepared to put yourself out there 
um, I think at the moment because there's a lot of business owners that won't. But I think 10, 20 years, like you'll just be looked at like a, like a lunatic if you're not putting yourself out there. I personally think. I think yeah, it's the way it's going. Yeah. People are just sharing everything. Yeah. Well, the way kids are, I mean, it's, you know, friends, it's every, every opportunity because obviously we're going through the homeschooling thing and it's like, oh, can I do a video of doing this? Can I do a video of doing that? I want to send this to my teacher. I want to send that to my teacher. And, you know, you see it on there. I mean, the school are doing their own YouTube videos as well. So obviously teachers have got to adapt to that sort of thing now. Um, you know, and, and everybody does have to adapt to it. So I think it's because they've grown up with it, it you know, the, the, it's just innate yeah. to them, isn't it? Time's just changing, right? I mean, it's like the same thing as us telling, saying to like, when I was saying earlier, like people in the older generations don't understand social media because they've never used it. Like it's the mm. same, same thing. It's just, it's just the next evolution. Like they would, like in, in, in 10, probably maybe even less than 10 years, but certainly within 10 years, I just think as a business owner, uh, you'll be looked at just as madly as we look at other business owners that aren't on social media, if you're not putting yourself out there on mm. some level, or at least having some, someone that's representing your business, um, you know, sharing the ins and outs of things that are going on and creating that trust in the marketplace. Mm. And it's so easy to do now as well. Um, that's the other great thing. Like you don't have to have all this equipment and stuff. Like I, I, all the videos I've put out there up until this point, maybe bar a couple, I've just filmed it on my iPhone. Like, that's it with holding the phone i've not even had someone filming it for me a couple of times as i say there's been we've done it on a more professional scale but 99 percent of the stuff I'm, I'm doing is is just me like i'm not paying and you know it's, so it's just so easy to do now and i think yeah i mean i've it's i think it's really important once you get over that fear that fear lasts a couple of weeks you start putting stuff out there and everyone's like, Oh God, I can't, you know, people, people get surprised because like, you know, your friends that know you to be a certain person, all of a sudden they see you in this business light that they've not mm. seen you in before. It makes them uncomfortable. That's their problem to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, and, it, and you just got to laugh at yourself a bit, right? It's just, it is. I look at myself on camera all the time. Even now I'm like, Oh God, I sound like such an idiot saying that. Why did I do this? <laughs> but it's just like, Oh, well, never mind. And at the end of the day, then when you start seeing the results of that, and you start having conversations with people that are sitting there saying, oh, I've been following your content for such and such a time. It's really helped me so much. I'm so grateful. I can, I, once you get that feedback coming back from people that are discovering you and you realize that you're, um, you're actually, you know, helping people and it's, and it's actually doing a, a good thing. You, 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 you don't, you couldn't care less about, you know, your friends and very, you know, the people, it's that first, that first, that first step. And then all of a sudden now, you know, yeah, like if, now and again, I still get a little bit of stick from my mates down, well, not down the pub because I can't go down there, but when I can, about, you know, certain videos I've put out there or, you know, have a bit of a laugh. And I, I laugh about it as well. It's funny, right? It's not me. I'm not the same person on those videos that my friends have seen for many years down the pub. Um, but at the same time, now everyone's just used to that. It's just what I do. It's just part of my business, you know. It's just like, it's a, no, no one really cares. You, you think everyone's going to care so much, but actually no one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's quite freeing in the end because you realise that no one really cares that much. You know, there's a there's a little bit of a laugh around it here and there, but it's just you know, and it sets you up to be respected as well by people. That's the other important thing. You know, for some reason, when you put yourself out there on video, when you start talking about the things that you do, when you start you know helping people and providing value through video content, people have a, there's a much deeper respect for you because because you're putting yourself out there people trust you more they can see the person behind the brand 
they believe they believe what you're saying because you're showing up saying it every single day there's nothing to hide they don't and when you get onto those sales calls or you you have chats with people about something that you're selling they've already been watching your content for the last you know sometimes six months maybe longer they 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 they're, they're ready to buy you know they're not they know who you are um, and as long as you're not trying to fake it and be someone else on the videos that you are in real life, because you'll get sniffed out pretty quickly doing that as well. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's by far the most effective tool to, to, I think to, to, to like brand and marketing is, is, is having the ability to, to put content like that out there and be personal with people. Um, you know, that's just so important. Yeah. Well, the saying there, well, there's a stat that's been thrown about, uh, recently that within the next I think it's something as, as short as five years they're saying that 70% of content on social media will be visit video based so um, and I think you can already see it going that way can't you I mean most of you know um, certainly with with YouTube now there's been a massive increase with the fitness and the the food and education and stuff, but you can even see it on Instagram now, you know, there's more and more videos on there now. Yeah, it's huge. And it's going to get um, harder and harder to stand out. So the sooner, like, that's the other thing, like the sooner you can start capitalizing on this, the better, because so soon it won't be a case of capitalizing on it. It'll be a case of you have to do it just like social media, but it's going to be much harder for you to, to stand out because every person is going to be doing it right now. Not everyone's doing it. Not everyone's prepared to do it. And I think it's a great time to be able to capitalize and, and get like get that attention and i don't think it's going to be like this forever more and more and more and people every day are putting themselves out there like this and realizing the power of it and um you know you want to you know there's there's definitely a big advantage to be one of the first people to the to the starting grid with this stuff and it's not to say that it's i'm certainly not the first person to the starting grid, but every day that goes by you you, you know you you're you're fooling people that aren't doing this stuff whether it's social media whether it's personal video content or whatever it is every day that goes by now that you're not doing it i think is a, is a day that is, is just moving you further and further away from the status quo mm. and yeah it's going to put, put you in trouble and, and, you know? yeah. and i think that's that's a, a that's the message isn't it and um you know that's a great message to sort of conclude on there you know these people have got to embrace it it is the future and they could well be left behind because we can't anticipate uh events anyway we always thought we knew exactly what what's going to happen from one day to the next and we you know we always thought we were going to be virus free didn't we and um i've been saying for years that you know we're due for a virus we're due for something that's that's going to potentially want to wipe us it out it felt too good everything was just going too well it felt like some like to some degree in, in the western world you know what i mean it was like we felt i think we we're getting to a point where we felt like everything was indestructible you know everything's improving all the time uh, all these things you know don't get me wrong there's plenty of problems in the world but you know it was it's kind of getting to the point where it's like okay like there's not been a major worldwide problem for it almost feels like they can't happen you know what i mean and now now look yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean have oh, you yeah. been sort of have, have you been caught up in the conspiracy theories in uh in london i mean that you know some of my friends get into i got a few friends that get into all that stuff but i just look, i mean people want to blame people and all these conspiracies like don't get me wrong i'm sure some of them are probably true but i'm sure 99 percent of them complete bullshit yeah um but uh i just yeah i just think you know 
I just can't bother to get my head tied up into that kind of negative thing. You know, it's like, oh, someone's trying to this whole idea that the world's out to get us and stuff is, it's just tiring to go down that road. I think personally, you know, some of these conspiracy theories are interesting. Don't get me wrong. Some I've, I've gone on gone into like YouTube vortexes watching these conspiracy theories in the past and it's fun. But I think if you consume yourself with it, like it's just negative, man. Like, you know, at the end of the day, whether, whether coronavirus was, you know, started in a certain market somewhere, it was a bioweapon or it was 5G, whatever it was, like, there's nothing we can do about it, right? We've just got to play to the rules that we've and play to the play the game that's been put in front of us, right? And I think, you know, it's very easy to go down a negative path and think, oh, like the the establishment's trying to do this to us, and this is the reason my life's so shit because the establishment's trying to trying to is against us. That's why my business is failing. Oh, well, no, it's not actually. We like, and I think you know, important thing to end on is actually like we live in the most amazing time in the history of of the planet like there's never been it's never been a safer time to be alive there's never it's never been easier to start your own business or do your own thing and and make money from it it's never been easier to follow a, a true passion of yours and monetize it and and you know do away with the old fashioned world of of work like the opportunities are ridiculous like people in history would give they're literally their right arm and probably many other body parts to be in a position that all of us um, are in right now. And I think, you know, to, to overlook that and spend your life complaining, spend your, your time just doing nothing and not taking advantage of all this stuff, I think it's absolutely criminal, um, to be honest. And that's, that's one of the reasons I try not to get too involved in all that kind of stuff because it just bogs you down at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Um, it's, 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 it's negativity and it's like look do you know what actually we could look at this that way or we can look at this another way look even coronavirus right there's there's still opportunities within that like if i look at the way that i've looked at this i've sort of said okay right like i could have just folded um folded my hand when when all this went under god oh god i've lost all my all my restaurant clients and all our retail clients have gone oh just dug my head in the sand but that, then I looked at it and I thought, this is a great, a great opportunity. Firstly, more people are going to want help getting online now so I can help more people. And I did a load of free stuff for people and I'm, I'm still doing a bunch of free stuff for people as well, trying to help them and building relationships. I've, I've, I've started talking a lot more about other parts of the business and, you know, all of these situations we can, I think we can grow from. But I think, you know, people that are moaning about now and how shit things are or just constantly trying to find re- fault in everything, I just think, just think of getting it wrong to be honest with you i think so much to be excited about and it's not to say that the world isn't about its problems of course it is and there's certainly a lot of people that are, are suffering a lot more than the majority of us but you know you most people have got a huge amount of things that they can be very very grateful for and i think there's a lack of that sometimes i think people get too caught up in the bullshit when um, they forget the fact that they're not a war like you know they're not they're not the people the the shit that previous generations have been through in comparison to what we've gone through it's not it's ridiculous you know Mm. we we worry about whether whether someone's got our you know our 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 gender correct or 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 something like that and you know whereas people didn't have the time to worry about those kind of things in the past and that's 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 i think a very i think you need to look at that in a in a way that with positively and say well i'm so glad that i've got these much smaller issues to worry about now because I've clearly got a lot of capacity in my brain. Um, but I just think, you know, you can't let, you just can't let that anger and frustration and conspiracy bullshit um, consume. Can you tell you touched on a nerve there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the thing is, with the, the 5G thing, I, I, 
I, it was some, came out of nowhere, really, and I was really surprised by it. I think not just because um, sort of the, there's no oxidization as far as 5G is concerned, but the fact that other countries have moved on from 5G anyway. They've, a lot, some countries are using 7 and 8G now, aren't they? So it's like, well, they've moved on. They would have been wiped out years ago, wouldn't they? Well, I mean, that's the thing, right? If, 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 let's just say it's true. Let's just say, for, I mean, like... I, I, Let's say it's true. Let's say the technology adds up. It's true. They're frying our brains. Well, okay, fine. What are we going to do about it? Absolutely nothing. Because if, and even if we forward a 5G plan, they'll come up with the next one, right? The funny thing is, if, if, if there is a big conspiracy to kind of end all of our lives and, and all the rest of it, so far, so far, certainly, they've done a pretty shit job, right? Because society is continuing to grow. Um, like I said before, we've never been in a, I think, you know, in, in, for most people, been in a more prosperous situation to be able to do whatever the hell we want um, and make you know as much money as we want doing you know you can make money now sitting there sitting home playing computer games i mean it's like it's you know there's never been a more uh, bigger opportunity for people to to live their their best ever lives but you know that just because the opportunity is there it doesn't mean that everyone takes it and i think you know mm-hmm. you just whatever just get on with it like okay great yeah 5g is going to kill us all okay fine well if it is then then what, what are you going to do? You're going to rip down the 5G pole. So then they're just, what's going to happen next week? They'll find a new way to do it. They'll send you, send you a parcel in the post with anthrax in or something then to everyone. And that'll kill you. If that's the plan, <laughs> there ain't shit we could do about it, right? Just get on with it. Just, just stop um, complaining yeah. for now. Just enjoy yourself, right? They didn't even blame the terrorists for this one, have they? Which was surprising. I thought they'd bound to blame Al-Qaeda or someone for this one. Uh, but they didn't, did they? They just gone for, straight to the Chinese and the five G mass, um, yeah. which was crazy. But- yeah, yeah, it's so much. It's just, um, I think, yeah. Again, it's just what are you? You people just need to ask yourself, like, what are you actually filling your brain with at the moment? What are you filling your time with? If you're filling your time mm. sitting on Netflix and looking up stupid conspiracy theories, when actually you could be creating that dream business that you've always thought about. You could be doing so much more with your life than it's no wonder that you're in a bad place because you, you just, you're just letting go massive opportunities. I think if, if you're not happy with your life, like you've, you've never, there's never been a better opportunity for, and there's a more level playing field than ever right now. Right. You can crack open an Instagram account. Yeah. You need a smartphone. Obviously you need a few, you need a little bit of money to, to, to have that kind of have that stuff or a little bit of luck, should we say in most cases. Um, but you know, I mean, the, yeah, it's just wide open. I just think I just think people need to just really think of consider where they're actually focusing their energy um, and and try as best as possible to to be grateful and um, and focus your energy because you can create some amazing stuff right now. You know, just as a, a normal human being, like you can set up a podcast. I like was sitting on a podcast now. Like five years ago, we'd have had to gone into a radio studio and sat down and had thousands yeah. if not millions of pounds of equipment and a, a production team and, da, 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 and I, now i'm sitting i'm sitting in a dining room on my laptop with yeah. a microphone if you just chatting to you yeah. online right? it's amazing it's amazing yeah. i know it is it's um you know and of course they they were hardly heard of were the podcast i mean even now people say well, what's, what's a podcast what is a podcast um but yeah i mean one of the um you touched upon it there one of the most um amazing things that I heard recently was that there are people paying to watch other people pay, uh, play computer games. I mean, yeah, man, there's a market for it. Yeah. People subscribe to it. So there's people out yeah. there who are 
paying, and I have to say it, I have to keep saying it in my mind because I can't get over it, paying to watch other people play computer games. And, and from a kid that sort of used to watch other people in arcades play games, um, just to wait to go on it, um, find it very hard to believe that I would actually pay. Um, I you know, if, if it was in an arcade in Skegness sort of 40 years ago and there was someone particularly good on a game, uh, defender or something, and someone comes to me and says, oh, we, do you want to, we pay him a fiver to watch him play and him tell you how he's playing there. And it's like, you've got to be kidding me, mate. No, yeah, right. no this, this, this I can't quite get around my head still. Uh, so I've always yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's, the, a, that's the beauty of the internet though, right? You only need... You only need like, and this isn't the case necessarily with computer games, but you only need like a couple of thousand people all around the world into this strange thing that you're into to be able to make money, you know, and, exactly. and that, that you could have one of those people in India, one in Australia, one in Canada, yeah. they could be all over the world. And now you can find these communities, small communities of people interested in these yeah. crazy things, um, like, you know, whatever kind of strange subject or thing. And you can, you can, you can reach reach all of those people now globally just by having a phone. Yeah. Um, you know, previously mm. you'd have been the only madman in the village that thought they could, you know, whether it's well, play on computer games and, and get people to yeah. watch. Well, you know, now you realise you can find those other people all around the world that are interested as well and bring them together and get them to, you know, watch ads to and watch you to make money or pay you for some kind of one of these Patreon subscriptions or something like that. And uh, it works, and it, there's a lot weirder things that go on than just um, watching video games as well, right? I mean, it's just it, again, you know, it, it's just I think it's 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 really just so important to realise the opportunity here uh, of how how much how much is actually possible. Um, you know, the weirdest, strangest interest that you've got is now this community for it, um, and you know, yeah, and it's worth billions. Isn't it that industry is worth billions as well? The uh, the game, well, the computer game one, yeah, massive, yeah, um, yeah. They've created like that's that's not even that's not even the small community. That's massive, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, that's that's been created by the fact that you know a little a young kid all he needs is like what an iPhone and their mum and dad's internet connection and a PlayStation and they're good to go. They can they can sit out there now. That's a that's a that is a legitimate uh, business really you know which is is even just to go back like what five to ten years the the concept of that just seems insane but also to be able to stream yourself like that online like 10 years ago would have been impossible without very very expensive equipment and also it wouldn't have been possible anyway because most people wouldn't have had the internet connection to be able to watch you so you know all this stuff so new and i think we're still we're still we're still just just at the cusp of of, of what's going to be possible certainly in the next next even few years you know it's hard to even see a few years ahead at this point um but you know you just got to take advantage of these opportunities i think personally mm. just you know instead of everyone sort of saying oh like you know this is shit that is shit why is everyone showing off on social media that's not me da, da, da. just embrace it man and just just get on with it like you, you're not going to stop the you're not going to stop the direction this is going in you can try and resist it as much as you like you know it's like you know how many how many, how many of us when, when facebook first come out right i was one of the people that was like i'm not going on facebook i don't like that i'm not doing that for years i said that now i'm now i'm a, now i do social media marketing as my business <laughs> it's just yeah. the, the tight like you can't resist this stuff it's just that's something i've learned it's like you just embrace it man and just just take it for what it is and, and, and make use of it use these tools no, that are given you can't fight it i mean it's like we said you know i said i didn't want my daughter to embrace this technology 
she but she's gonna have to she's gonna have to learn it and you know it's a sad fact to life i mean it even shows in, in kids desires and their, the occupations they want to choose as they get older um, i mean something like 40 years ago you know kids wanted to be you know girls wanted to be nurses now they want to be footballers wives hmm. uh, men wanted to be astronauts now they want to be professional gamblers or professional game players don't they you know yeah and that's and, that's the yeah, perfectly legitimate now that's actually not you hear that and you you know you actually it's actually perfectly I know, I know i know someone who does professional poker they play they literally gamble and they they make an absolute killing um it's business it's insane um you know so yeah it's just that's what i think that's just so exciting now. i think that's really exciting that now you don't have to you don't have to be a doctor or mm-hmm. a lawyer to to be like considered to be successful now you know anyone can do it from any walk of life you know and even if you grow up mm-hmm. with with hardly anything you know all you need to find is enough enough uh, money to get yourself a phone and an internet connection which is getting cheaper all the time and, and you can do so much with just that right it's, it's, it's amazing oh yeah this and there's niches within niches isn't there so like you've said you know the you know you can choose to be a, a gambler but there'll be different types of gambling you can do or say i don't know even if you want to be a scientist you can say i don't know, I want to be a wasp scientist now if there's such a thing so you can be the internet allows you to all these different niches and, and it's like same with art you know like years ago people just sort of paint and draw and now these different types of digital art and this 3d art and you know it, it goes on and so on and so forth doesn't it and, and i think that as everything broadens it creates something within it as well doesn't it um you, you yeah, know absolutely. Yeah. There's, there's new new things coming out new interests coming up all the time I mean, uh, who, I mean what was a meme five years ago i didn't know what a, like a meme that's a new thing right and you know now, now you can have a meme page on instagram and make hundreds of thousands of pounds a year it's just like yeah where did that come from <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean that's it you know uh bitcoin dot coms go back as far as you want you know um even mobile telephones i remember seeing a mobile telephone for the first time and looking at this thing that was the size of a house brick and thinking who the hell is going to want a mobile phone why would you want to carry that around with you yeah. um, i mean i know someone who had one and it was like a phone and then it was attached to something like a, a car battery and you'd carry it around with you like that. Uh, I think this was in the 80s, late 80s. And then they, they'd sort of take it and put it in the car. And you couldn't just make a call then. You had to drive to somewhere where you could get a reception because there was only a limited place you could get a reception. But, and these things were costing about five grand a year. So it was like, who is going to be insane enough? This mobile phone thing is never going to catch on. You know, they're not, you know, they're not going to... People are just not going to buy them, you know, or dot com, what using the internet. They, that's, you know, that isn't going to happen. You know, social media, what Facebook now, people aren't going to use that. And they do. And it's always surprising, um, you know, like computer, professional computer game player. You know, that's no, that's not an occupation. Yeah, but it is. <laughs> you know, so, um yeah, it, it is. It is funny times. And do, do you think there'll be a big transition now? or? Or do you think things will go on as normal or, or what do you think the next few weeks hold for us? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I just I just hope it goes smoothly. I mean, I don't think anything's going to happen fast. I think we, I just hope that, uh, you know, this this easing of the, the lockdown is, um, 
is a smooth process that continues to get better rather than having to roll back. But we don't know, do we? But all we can do is just um, stay safe, um, you know, just try and try and see the positives. And I know for some people it's almost impossible because some people are going through absolute hell in comparison to me. I'm sitting here and, you know, saying, oh, yeah, try and try and uh, just try and see the positive. Some people are going through complete hell as a result of this, like losing family members and horrible, horrible stuff. Um, but, you know, just we've just got to do what we can with the, the cards that we're dealt right now. And I think there's um, the good things. I think there's a, there's a much more of a sense of community coming out of this. A lot more people trying to help others. And that's that's only I can only you know be a good thing. I just hope some of those habits that we've created, that those positive habits stay stay on with us. But I just think, yeah, you know, what else can we do? But just keep trying to push forward. Um, uh, yeah. And just hope that, you know, that we're starting to come to the end of this now. With, you know, that's all we can hope. Whereabouts are you in, based in London? Whereabouts are you? Uh, South East, South East, South East London. South East. So I, I grew up in a place called Bromley. Wait, sorry? I grew Bromley. up in a place called Bromley, yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I've heard of Bromley. I think I've probably been through there on a train a time or two. Um, but yeah, we've been told that you guys are coming out of it now virtually and you'll be back to normal within a couple of weeks. Is this true? <laughs> We we read a lot, don't we? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Um, That's what I heard. You're only getting something like 24 cases a day or something. You're only getting down there now in London. Yeah, well, that's recorded cases, I guess. I mean, we just, I think there's just so much that people don't know. But yeah, I mean, it seems from a top level, looking at the data, that we seem to be coming out of it. But of course, you know, that you need to take into account that everyone's been hiding away. So when everyone starts coming back out again, what's that going to mean? It's going to probably mean it increases. So we just, I think, yeah, we just, you know, I think hopefully it will, will, as I say, it will just be a nice slow transition back to some element of normality. But uh, yeah, we just got to wait and see, haven't we really? And just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's been great speaking to you anyway. Um, I think we'll, I think we'll wrap it up there. I think we've gone well over sort of (laughs) Yeah. It's been interesting. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thanks for that. And uh, yeah, all the best with the business in the future. And when the restaurants get back, back up and running, then we'll certainly follow the events, what you're up to. And um, yeah, lots of inside, exciting stuff on the horizon for sure. So yeah, anyone that uh, wants to um, follow what we're doing, the best place to follow follow me or our brand is probably Instagram at this point. I mean, you can connect with me. You can Google um, Google us or Google me. But if you go over to Adam Cook Louder on Instagram. Um, and yeah, also if anyone's listening to this podcast who is interested or wants to grow their business and, and wants to understand some of the strategies we talked about, then I'm happy to give uh, anyone that quotes uh, the Open for Business podcast um, to D- they can DM me and I'll, I'll give them a free strategy marketing session or something like that. So uh, yeah, if that's something a little bonus for any listeners out there. Fantastic. Will you be eating out once the lockdown's gone, or we have you done that much cooking now? You think I'm going to do it at home now? Oh, I'm 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 ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm ordering a takeaway tonight for a start. I mean, I, I've I love cooking. Don't get me wrong, but I I'm I'm, I'm I, I want to support the uh, the food industry as much as possible for for obvious reasons. But I just yeah, I can't wait to get. I'm sure like everyone, like I'm literally. I don't get me wrong. I like cooking, but I mean, I just want to. I just want to get. To be honest, I want to get down the pub, have a pint, go to a restaurant, and eat a meal. Um, and that's that's two of my two of the things that I've I've definitely take realised how much I took for granted when we could just do that whenever we want, right? <laughs> so yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, I think people certainly flock to the pubs. I think. Um, I, having said that, there must be this sort of 
this duality of, of, of thought at the moment. People must be thinking, well, you know, we've got to go out, we've got to leave the house and go to a restaurant. And then there's others that think, well, we've been cooking it ourselves for two months. You know, surely <laughs> we don't need to go out yet because we've cooked some really good stuff at home. Yeah, you know, we've been... learned, a lot of people learned some good skills, learned baking. Yeah, all sorts, yeah, but um, I don't think it will last. I think as soon as these pubs and restaurants are back, everyone's going to be free flocking. I think there's going to be a bit of fear around, obviously, the, the spread of disease and stuff. But, you know, once once that kind of dies down, hopefully, in time, um, then, uh, yeah, I think as soon as, as soon as people realise that they're, that they're safe or trust that they're safe, they're, they're going to be flocking back, just like, the, just like the good old days, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Anyway, like I say, fantastic speaking to you, Adam. Thanks and very much. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll speak again soon. Cheers. All right, thank you very much. See ya, bye. Cheers, mate. Bye.